Admiral Snackbar? <laughs> Captain Who's What's Now? He's back. Uh, yeah, I was actually back last night. Uh, for those of you playing along with the home game of Free Talk Live, uh, the captain had fallen ill and uh, missed the start date. Both, both the New Year's <laughs> shows and, and the greatest star date that could have ever possibly been. At least uh, while I'm alive, uh, but well, I mean, another hundred years you could make it. But you know, Mister Classic, you were here in my stead, yes. and you sort of, you know, did the thing for me. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. We should go back to the tape and listen to it, but we don't have the tape. It's online. Over <laughs> it's at, online somewhere. The find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Um. So yeah, uh, I was back yesterday. Uh, it went well. Uh, although, uh, I, I, I did make mention of, uh, uh, you know, I'm thankful for Bonnie filling in for me, of course. Right, right. Uh, although she, she said, uh, something like, uh, yeah, the captain's out sick, so I'm taking over. <laughs> Instead of I, I think, in, I think so. she had a rumor that you were dead. So, yeah, yeah. So right? it's, it's Bonnie's world now. We're all just living in it. <laughs> it's like Paul McCartney. He's dead. But yeah, uh, my apologies to those who expected me to be here. Uh, I, I I could not. I'm pretty sure I had the COVIDs. Um, the cerveza sickness. Yeah, yeah. Really? I say that because like it was m- more mild than the first time I had it way back in you know whenever this yeah. that thing kicked off. Yeah. Um, and by mild I mean like the symptoms were in a regular order this time. Uh, the first time I had the COVID, the symptoms were just wacky. Mm. Like I got the cough first. Right. Then I started sweating, and then I started sneezing, and that you know it was just. Did out you of feel order. apathetic? That was the biggest, um, you know, when I had cerveza, it wasn't very bad, but there was just something that just made me lethargic and just apathetic. Like if I, if I was sitting on the couch and I was thirsty and there was a glass of water right in front of me, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. That's too much work. Man, that's a lot of effort. That's a lot of work to get to that. Reach over and grab that (laughs) glass of water. (laughs) So that was like the biggest (laughs) symptom for me is like, I just don't feel like doing anything. Um, I I guess there might've been some of that. Um, when I had it the first time, we'll call it Cerveza 1.0, yeah. um, I distinctly remember a period of, I don't want to say hallucination, but Ooh. like like where like reality and my daydreaming and my sleep dreaming all sort of meshed together. Good uh, times. Huh? I, I, was, I was telling uh, Richie Rich this uh, and Peakless last night on the show that like, like I thought something had happened and I was going to text my friend about it. And then you it, turns yourself? Out, it turns out like I like I woke up enough to be like, wait a minute, that didn't actually happen. I just sort of I just sort of imagined that <laughs> happening and I was going to text somebody about it. And then I, I was like, oh, no, wait, that didn't actually happen. Yeah. So this this weird, like lucid dream sort of, you know, thing that happened to me again this time, but only for like a couple of days. It wasn't like a four day stretch or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. There was just a couple of days where I felt like really like, uh, and I slept for like three days. Just I just got yeah. up to like drink water and hit the john or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's good. But I've been symptom free for, you know, I don't know, four or five days now. So we're all safe. Y- yeah. I, safe. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, feeling better now, though. I, I, am, missed, yes. I missed all that, of course. Uh, yes. But. <laughs> yes. Welcome, Nikki. Stuck thank behind you. the plow. Yes. Um, yes. We should, we should, uh, we should. What, what, what are we talking about here? We should, uh, you know, start the show, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Captain's Log, star date, what is it? Zero one zero seven two zero two four two four two four. That's right, everybody. Get get used to writing two four now. Two four instead of two three. I just got used to writing two three. I know. So that's it's how it goes. You get used to a thing, and then they they change it on you. The bastards. <laughs> 
What did you call it? The happy calendar switch date? So the happy oh, year. happy your- calendar reset day or something? <laughs> calendar yeah. reset day. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. We did Captain's Law. We did the Saturday. We did, uh, in the studio tonight, it's the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, LLC. Joining me, Steve Classic. And Nikki. And uh, we're going to do, we're gonna do a Sunday show. <laughs> yes. We're, we're all back. And I'm going to be on vacation well, for, for a month. Okay. Well, not It'll vacation. I'm traveling for sports. We have a surprise for all of the Sunday listeners. Ooh. Uh, we're going to bring Richie Rich back oh, in your absence. Wow. So he's going to fill in for you on the Sunday so we get the- Yeah, the schedule is like what? Like- just getting mixed up. Yeah, you know, sometimes all, yeah. sometimes we got to switch some hosts yeah, around. Yeah, a little jumbly, and, you know. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. It's all in good and, fun. You know, I, none of us, this is not, listeners out there, if you're familiar at all with Free Talk Live, you already know, but those of you who don't, this is not a job for any of us. This is not like, like we get like a, a stipend that's supposed to be like gas money. It's basically free. Ma- maybe maybe <laughs> buy your maybe it's volunteer buy your dinner. work. It's volunteer but work. It, it, this is, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Activism. Yeah. Right. Right. This is activism. And so, like, we all have other, you know, ways and means and jobs and things of that nature. So uh, we don't get paid for doing this. This isn't a job for us. Uh, we come here and we do this because, well, we believe in the message of freedom. And hopefully you do, too. So we have some stories to get to today. We're lucky enough to have three Number two stories. I know. I saw that. Hat trick. Which, you know, I, I call it the trifecta. trifecta. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll probably get to maybe one or two of them. I don't know. We'll see what we have. And we've got a bunch of other stories, too. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, somebody might be calling in. Yeah. I'm curious if they call in. I mean, I have a bunch of questions, but uh, I, I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, but first, before we get into anything else... Uh, if you're if you're a sports type person, I know libertarians are loath to like yeah, sports yeah. ball hand egg blah 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 this kind of thing. But uh, there's an important thing happening, and that is Super Bowl. Um, Wait, I can't say Super Bowl. I'm sorry. From Reason.com, America has borrowed one trillion dollars since the start of the NFL football season. And when would that have been? Oh, okay. September. So that's not pre-season. One borrowed trillion with a T. So this is them borrowing it, not stealing it. (laughs) Well, so they're borrowing it from the Federal Reserve. First, they have to borrow it, and then they have to steal it. And then, guess who gets to pay it back? No one. Well, because we're in several trillion dollars of debt. Right. Right. But but the the taxes (laughs) they collect. What's another trillion? The taxes they collect go to uh, pay that and the interest, mostly the interest. But this article is all about the federal government is borrowing money at a mind-spinning rate, and you can't blame it on the COVID-19 pandemic anymore, says the headline. Here's how fast the federal government is borrowing piles of money. When the national debt hit $33 trillion mid-September, the current National Football League season was already two weeks old. You don't have to be a fan of sports to know that football season in America isn't particularly long, excluding the playoffs. Teams play 17 games over the span of 18 weeks. The final games of the season are scheduled to be played this upcoming weekend. A few days after the national debt officially surpassed a new threshold, $34 trillion. Trillion dollars. According to an announcement made 
Wednesday morning by the Treasury Department. In other words, don't feel bad about how much money you've probably lost on sports betting and fantasy leagues this year. <laughs> the federal government has run up a $1 trillion tab in less time, and the next trillion dollar threshold isn't far off. Geez, you think they put the trillion dollars on the Dallas Cowboys trying to make some money? Yeah. Hopefully they, they make some sports, back. Sports bet it away. <laughs> hey, fan duel. Yeah, we got a trillion dollar yeah. bet. Yeah, um, the Patriots will make the playoffs. There's more to say about this, but I suspect this might be uh, unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Uh, this is Daniel Bonya from Slate Ridge. Yes, so this is our guy. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the show. Um, How are you? I, I'm good. I'm curious. Uh, Nikki kind of you know gave us a brief summary of what you might be calling about. I'm curious where. What state are you in? I'm in the state of Vermont. So it is Vermont. Okay. I think I may have warmer. read I think I may have read something about you and your situation, but since uh it's your first time calling in, why don't you go ahead and uh you know, give give our listeners the uh, the version. What's going on? Sure. So, um once again, my name's Daniel Bonnier. I'm down here in West Paulette, Vermont. Uh West Paulette, Vermont is a small town about 690 full-time residents in Rutland County. Um, you know, a lot of people ask the landmarks as to geographically where I am. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty much in between Manchester, Vermont, and Rutland, Vermont. If those are some landmarks that, that may be a better focal point for people. Okay. But, um, you know, I've made some national news here, and really what it, the elevator pitch, the, the synopsis is uh, with these unbelievable conclusions is, is that I have this land in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, just recently, some uh, ethical news medias did a Google Earth to really show the perspective of my plot. Um, I have over 30 acres, and there's thousands of acres around me. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, behind me is the largest slate quarry in the world. Okay. Um, you know, they mine a very specific uh, color of slate out of there. So in in perspective to what I'm doing or well, what impacts I have on civilization. It's really critical to overemphasize that I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, to complement that, I'm also at the highest elevation, okay. the highest habitable elevation in my community. So having some of those, you know, uh, focal points and, and base points already um, listed, I, I get this permit, you know, I, I come up with this idea to build a, a training facility here. Uh, under the state, I'm registered as an educational facility. Under the town, I'm permitted under a school slash training facility. So I build this modern, sophisticated, environmentally friendly shooting range. Mm-hmm. And this is after you already become- went through all of the state paperwork that they would require, right? Like you, you did the things that yes. they asked for. Yes. Correct. Correct. Plus a lot, a lot more, Nikki. Um, what a lot of people never were privy to is the federal permitting, which was a federal firearms license, um, you know, a federal destructive device, a federal explosive license. So there was other licensing uh, criteria and qualifications that superseded the state as far as the authenticity of what I was doing. So, and a, and a lot of people look at that doctrine, right? You know, are you local, state, or federally certified. For my particular situation, um, which I think exacerbated my problem, is that I was so endorsed by the federal government, 
with the appropriate certifications and bonding mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that aggravated the community and ultimately put me in the position I'm in along with a lot of other uh, scenarios. But, you know, I build this facility. Um, it's completely free. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a little biased. I'm saying it myself. It's world renowned. You know, you can, you can bring your family, your mother, your daughter, your sister, your children, you know, to come here to shoot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there is no prerequisites other than being an American citizen, you know, obviously because we can't put firearms in hands of non-American or prohibited people. So I, I make this, this, this establishment, right? I make this beautiful place for anyone to come and that anyone really what set the, the, the monotone of my problems because Paul at Vermont, whether you know it or believe it, um, is some of the most racist people on this planet. And, and I like to say that with confidence because, you know, the diversification and, and ability for me, you know, uh, collaborating and, and working with people all over the world, it, 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 you know, I, I have a good picture on that, right? You know, so I let these folks come here, you know, people of color, the LGBTQ plus, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people of the Jewish community, um, and, and the list goes on, Asians, you know, Hispanics, blah, 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 blah. That's really when the town started th this issue, right? The town, this problem metastasized with my lack of saying, hey, listen, here's a criteria, right? Here's a prerequisite. Here, here's a condition. And, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I grew up in New York, um, you know, everybody in my neighborhood was a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was like a buffet of people. Yeah, the melting pot, right? All a little, right, right. You know, so um, I kind of incorporated that ideology coming to Vermont saying, well, okay, you know, I'm sure I'm going to meet some good old boys or I'll meet some of this or I'll meet some of that. Man, oh, man, let me tell you something. This, this community has been polluted with some of the most evilest people I've ever met in my life. And look what they've done to me. You know, I've made national news losing two very important constitutional rights. My Second Amendment rights, only property in the state of Vermont, in the history of Vermont, having a Supreme Court ban of any firearms to be discharged really? on my property. Wow. So they did that to yes. your facility after you went through all of the necessary state and federal paperwork, jumped that through all of their hoops... That is correct. And you're suspecting and this then, is because the locals didn't like that you were bringing in, you know, some diversity into the area, you know, people of color going to your shooting range. You're suspecting the locals didn't like that and they targeted you for this reason. Correct. You can see me on December 16th, um, 2019, where I call out one of our select board members. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Fox News was in the audience there that day. And Edgar Cleveland, he goes by Ed Cleveland. He said on record, yes, I go to Ku Klux Klan meetings against you and your kind. Jeez. So wow. he said that on the, the record. The wow. That's right. bold you, these you, days. You Google it. So the issue for me was, guys and ladies, is that, you know, I had this establishment. It was already permitted. I had already said to people, you know, through the grapevine. You know, there was no commerce, so there wasn't like advertising. You know, it was just, uh, you know, people could read my Facebook page. 
yeah. and say, hey, listen, can we come? I'm going to bring my mother. I'm going to bring my sister. Um, I'm going to ride in with my horses. Do you have water? <laughs> you know, blah, 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 blah. And we, we build this beautiful facility and present this em- embracing environment uh, for people, okay, to come of all ages, all creeds, all colors, all sexual preferences, and then, bam, the pressure came on. And the pressure came on originally by, uh, um, they call it the Warren Switch Clan. They're a, they're a Ku Klux Klan chapter. They're, they're an offshoot of these radical, you know, um, hatred people, believe it or not. But they're also anti-gun, if, if you think um, a little bit more further into their ideologies. You know, when you think about someone coming to lynch you or beat you up or something, you'd think they'd bring a gun. Mm-hmm. But these folks bring like a pitchfork and a potato hoe. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they, got, they mustered the energy. Um, they facilitated the collaboration with local state officials to really embrace this anti-gun movement. And they've been extremely successful. You know, they, my, my property was demolished. Uh, in June, the first week of June, wow. with the court order, I had to remove all my buildings, yep. um, all of the shooting stuff. Um, you know, there was the threat of arrest. There was an arrest warrant out for me then, as there is now. And now there's another arrest warrant out, and now they're attacking my agriculture. You know, I have over 250 animals here that necessitate a complex, uh, you know, farming agricultural protocol. You know, sure. feeding them, hmm. housing them you know, et cetera, et cetera. And now the town has attacked that in their latest motions to wow. remove my grain silo, my chicken coop, my goat milking parlor, and other infrastructures that are heavily predicated on this agricultural farming uh, model. So what is, what's your timeline to move to New Hampshire? <laughs> Do you have a timeline for that? You know, people, people, people send me emails. I get very... Um, People that say they'll they'll bankroll the the move the the um, you know the infrastructure rebuilding you know I I, I recently said this on a, a podcast out west uh, right before Christmas you know when I when I came to buy this property right mm-hmm. you know I looked at it and I said after looking at it, many many different pieces of property throughout the tri-state area you know the focal points were either a lackadaisical gun laws, okay, I'm just being completely transparent, yeah, yeah. or states that really embrace, you know, a Second Amendment um, uh, respect, you know, they respected the Second Amendment. Yeah. So, you know, when I found this property, I looked at the topography, I looked at the elevation changes, you know, I looked at all the dynamics of how I could literally produce a place that I could say, hey, listen, EPA, you know, anyone from the state, all of the embracing law enforcement communities that used to come and shoot and train here, I could say, listen, unequivocally, if you discharge a firearm on my land, unequivocally, your projectile will be embraced somewhere within my 30 acres. Right, yeah. And that's a very difficult thing to say for any other firearms um, venue anywhere in the United States. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I produced this place, um, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, I really did walk on eggshells in the beginning. Um, you know, there's a couple of families, the one, the most notable that's in the, the news frequently, the Hewlett family, um, you know, the largest affluent and, you know, uh, economically viable 
family member, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mr. Mr. Richard Hewlett in the community here, you know, they embraced a conquer and control ideology for over, you know, several hundreds of years of, you know, controlling the community, controlling who is in the community, controlling the commerce in the community. And, um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately came up against these folks and they've been successful since 1837. You know, the community has really boasted with propaganda of this pro-white, you know, pure white community. (laughs) And, um, listen, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, uh, I don't think I'm going to co-align with you folks. And that has really put me in the particular situation I'm in now. This sounds uh, horrifying, and I can't even imagine, like, the price tag that you've had to foot to battle all of this sure. thing. Like, like we talk on Free Talk Live all the time about uh, the yeah. evils of the state and how, like, they don't even have to, like, win, right? They can just outspend right. you. you they know? just tie you up in court. Yeah, yeah tie you up in court until right. you're out of money, and then, oh, what are you going to do, you know? So what what has really... <clears throat> exacerbated my particular problem is what my attorneys and I frequently speak about on the record and to, you know, different um, credible organizations like yourself or, you know, other pro-gun communities or or pro-constitutionalists is that um, on the record, it's really imperative that people focus on something that I'm about to tell you. And it's what we call the triangulation. So in my particular situation, if I can get your undivided attention, because this, this really should resonate as to how I'm failing. The town attorney, Ms. Merrill Bent, she is representing the town. You know, she is she's a, um, a, a, pro, a heavy anti-gun person. Hey, Daniel, you know, I know you want us to pay attention. We're coming up. We got to do a thing. Can you hang on? Yes, yes. All right, we're going to keep you over. I'm just going to put you on hold. Stay right where you are. This is Free Talk Live. Coming up, we've got more with Daniel and Slate Ridge and what's going on with him and the state. It's Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition, 603-283-6160. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in and listening to tonight's program. 
The telephone number, if you would like to comment, is 603-283-6160. We've been talking with uh, Daniel Benai. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he owns a 30-acre parcel of land in Vermont and has uh, you know, put up some stuff, uh, some shooting ranges, that type of thing. I've been uh, inviting people to... To come and you know learn about play golf. firearms and well, you know yeah. and and he's got a bit of a homestead going on as well so he's got some animals out there yeah. farming you know agriculture I mean yeah it sounds great on. and actually sounds a lot like some place I know in New Hampshire right you know and so uh, we're going to continue talking to him uh, but in the studio tonight it's myself the captain Steve Classic and Nikki uh, let's go ahead and bring Daniel back online now uh, I hope I didn't butcher your last name Daniel. No, it's okay. It's it's pronounced Bonnier. Bonnier. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, so you were about to uh, reveal to us, and you even went to the extent of saying, I need everybody to pay close attention, and then we had to yeah, go so, to commercials. So yeah. go ahead and start over. No worries. No worries. So this is the Trojan horse. Like This is the triangulation that um, w- what has really embraced the totality and the, and the sincerity of this is that while people are doing more research, uh, as the years have been going on, they're beginning to see how I've been in such a failing position in the state. So the town attorney, Mrs. Merrill Bent, you know, she represents the town and their efforts in destroying me, you know, removing me from the property, uh, foreclosing on the land, removing me from the state, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Now her, her law partner, Rob Wellington, he is the executive at Vermont Digger. Well, he's the Vermont executive for, for what? We, we lost you there for a second executive of Vermont Digger, their corporation. Okay. And what is Vermont Digger? Vermont, Vermont Digger is the largest, um, you know, I'm not giving them compliments or kudos, but they're the largest publication in the state of Vermont. Oh. Okay. And they have been hell-bent on destroying me with their publication. So let's just take a step back and look at this, right? So Meryl Bent, Mrs. Bent, she takes, you know, client-protected information, gives it to Rob, Rob disseminates it through the Vermont Digger, Digger publications, okay. whether it be in print, whether it be online, whether it be audio, video, et cetera, okay? And then her child's father, uh, Jared Bianchi, is the assistant attorney general in the state of Vermont. Okay. So if, if that doesn't put the hairs up on the back of your neck, they've controlled the media and they've controlled the constitutional amendments that I would be privy to. That's the triangulation. Okay. Uh, there's something There's something odd going on with your phone. Like when you start a sentence, every first word is a little quiet. I'm wondering if you're on like a Bluetooth headset or something. Yeah. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. Um, okay. So I was, uh, during the break, I was telling Nikki that I saw some video of you at what I can only call like a town hall type of hearing where you like went in front of you know uh, the officials officials uh, uh, you know they're they're in vermont <laughs> or, or wherever and and i remember going wow this guy's getting the shaft uh can you you know shed any light on that sure so basically my town board i exposed several years ago favoritism nepotism and corruption they didn't know what the word nepotism meant so i took the time to really educate them okay <laughs> what what I, what I have felt, and, and many of their own constituents that didn't know, is that when you have a five-panel select board, I mean, it, it's not select men because we have a female now, so it's select board members. Sure. 
But when you have at one end of the table an employer, business partner at the other end of the table, that's favoritism. When you have a father and a son, that's nepotism. Right. So when you look at votes or positions in which the town would go into an executive session or go into some means of yaying or naying my existence in the community, it's very corrupt because you have favoritism and nepotism. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the problem when we're kind of handing over power to these elected quote unquote officials, because this is usually how it is. Like this isn't unique to Vermont. I'm sure this is happening almost everywhere in these situations. And people are like captain said, getting shafted and their freedoms are being taken away. And even in this case where Daniel did everything Right, right. You know, like yeah. he jumped through all, Signed the, all the paperwork, right. paid all Did the fees, all, got yeah. the licensing. Right. And yeah. they still had the power because they're essentially, you know, monopolizing and controlling everything in this area. They had the power to to take away his rights and his freedoms. But do you think do you think that four out of those five board members should recuse themselves because of conflict of interest? Sure. We, we've asked that in a number of different hearings and their rebuttals are. Um, first, they, they overemphasize that they're a quasi, you know, um, they're a quasi branch. You know, they're a quasi type of uh, group of individuals. Okay. Um, so th- they'll the select that board immediately. The select board is quasi. Well, well, that's what they'll say. That is <laughs> that is their, that is on record that their 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 go to is that you know we're a quasi group. <laughs> then the second thing they'll say is that we're a small community. It's impossible. To not have some bias, but we're professionals and we would not behave inappropriately. And I've asked a number of times for many different levels of whether I'm in front of the select board or the developmental review board or um, the civil uh, authority, you know, the civil justice authority, you know, please folks, you know, you're, you're by the desire to eradicate me, to eliminate my constitutional rights is heavily predicated and authenticated by corruption and favoritism and nepotism. Um, that's actually my documentary. I'm filming a documentary now, and that's what it, it's really based upon. But they'll just say no and then continue, you know, um, profound votes against me. I mean, listen, guys and gals, I, I've lost, you know, across the board. I mean, I, I overemphasize to people how dangerous the precedent has been set in Vermont. Yeah. You know, heavy, heavy Republican people, uh, even libertarians, you know, many different groups have said, listen, we may not like this guy. Right. We may not like that he likes guns or that he lets, you know, every type of person come on his land. OK, but he got a permit in 2016 and in 2021, they voided it and told them to take the buildings down. Yeah, like, it just doesn't seem like that should be a lot. I, I, I'm just having a hard time even understanding how they can just revoke your permit and tell you you have to... And take your buildings down. Yeah, like that's sure. insane. But, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not difficult to understand. Like when you look at Judge Durkin's writings, you know, this is another judge that is, you know, I think we've tried to get him recused two times. He has said some really eccentric stuff about me. He's quasi. On the record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's labeled me as a boy, you know, he said, listen here, son. And, you know, it, oh, it's, it's called, yeah, a, boy. It's, it's constituted a very tumultuous and toxic environment to litigate 
you know, some proceedings against me when you behave so biasly. But on, on, you know, in the 2021's decree, he said on page 17, paragraph three, the last line, while Mr. Barnier had a valid building permit, I voided it. That's a very, very pill to swallow. Yeah, and also like, why? And how? I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't like get how you, that's even. Once you have the permit, that should be it, right? And and I think that when we look at historically, whether you're in Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, California, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. The whole process of speaking to your town officials, yeah. speaking to the authoritarians within your town, and with and within the scope of their you know uh, abilities, their, their, their professionalism, right? to the zoning administrator, he came out, I told him my plans, filled out the paperwork, paid the fee, and he stamped me good to go. Um, you know, th there's been a mockery about that, you know, in the Vermont State Supreme Court when we went for remand and then we ultimately appealed it. Five justices in Vermont said, well, Mr. Bonney should have known that the zoning administrator did not have the authority to approve his permit. What? How? Why would you sh have would known you that? Have known that, and also, like, who would have the authority other than them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the the comical relief of that is, is that I didn't say the say to the guy, "Let me see your ID." Let me, you know, I went to his office. It said zoning administrator. I knocked. He yeah. let me come in. We filled out some paperwork. I escorted him to my land, and we did what was necessary. Right. What other authentication should I have done? Yeah, I, this man. Is I, there a zoning board of appeals that you could have? Um, I'm sure you've you've taken uh, every legal avenue. Yeah, unfortunately, in the state of Vermont, when that happens, then you go to this ridiculous branch, which has been really, uh, you know, made fun of across the country. This environmental court. There's only two judges for the entire state. But when you want to appeal or uh, refute any of these types of proceedings um, or you know, permit retractions, which I'm the first one, yeah. you would have to go through the environmental uh, division of the Vermont State Supreme Court. Good luck with that, huh? Well, so again, so again, what is your timeline to move to New Hampshire? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that jokingly, but kind of seriously. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, know if it, I don't know if it would be any I, better here. I don't know. Maybe. You know, I've, I've, I've been in, I've been in New Hampshire. I have a lot of friends that, you know, end up retiring and going there. I, I looked at New Hampshire when, you know, when I was in the infinite stages of building Slate Ridge. Sure. And, you know, I, I really think unequivocally, and even the, the professional gun tacticians or sportsmen or whomever, yeah. you know, would come here. They'd be like, listen, Daniel, I go to an indoor range. I can only shoot in one direction. I can't shoot from my holster. You know, there is, you know, there's a tremendous amount of liability if I make a mistake. And mm. training is about making mistakes, guys. Right, right. So coming to an environment such as my personal property, which is protected under the Constitution, and saying, hey, listen, you know, whomever you are, come here and embrace the land to utilize it to its fullest capacity has now been um, taken away from me. You know, there's an active warrant out for me now, again. I think that's how Nikki found me yeah. because I, 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 I'm in court in the newest, the newest um, opposition here that they want to destroy my agriculture. And in order to destroy the agriculture, it, it's a double-edged sword because 
if they take away all of the things that are required statutorily, housing, food, water, et cetera, yeah. then I'll be committing another crime that I'm just not willing to do. Right, right. And why, so how did that all come up? Because this has been going on, you said, since 2016, and now fast forward to present yes. day, now they're targeting, so you, you know, you stopped your gun range that you had going on Took down there. your structures, right, yeah. all that kind of thing. And then now they're targeting your farm, What's up with that? How did that you, come about? Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you specifically. In 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 2022, Judge Durkin wrote a hundred-page decision, but I'm going to spare you the boring things about it. But what he did was he looked at each structure, and I'm going to reference them, citing specifically my court documents. He looked at the chicken coop that I have because we have over 150, maybe 200 birds here. Okay. He looked at the chicken coop and said in his legal decision, on Mr. Barnier's chicken coop, I see a lantern that has similar architectural value as the lanterns that were on the school slash training building. So? Therefore, the chicken coop is directly related to shooting, and I must purge it from the property. What? Is that a joke? Whoa. I mean, are you kidding? That is ridiculous. So basically, no, that, so this is the no. same person, same judge that was attacking you before. So clearly they just have, I mean, like, that's ridiculous. So clearly they have something so, against so, you, and they're just making up a bunch of crap yeah. to, but, to try to... Have you ever seen to... those comical signs, you know, um, wed, uh, funerals by Kubota, security by Winchester? Yeah. You know those funny signs? <laughs> yes. Okay. My goat milking parlor, we had one of those signs on the front of there, right? It was a six-by-nine sign. They didn't find that this funny, I judge, <laughs> he zoomed in on this picture... And quoted a Stephen King paragraph out of one of his books that he reads and says that because that sign was on the goat milking parlor, that the goat milking parlor was directly involved in shooting related activities. Wow. Those evil goats. Wow. But the thing is, like, I could have in any state, like, if I'm in Massachusetts, right, and I can't have guns there, if I had some sort of like a a goat milking parlor and I had any sort of like a picture of an AR-15 or free talk live bumper sticker and yeah anything (laughs) like that I you can have whatever wall hangings you want you can have whatever decorative things you want right that doesn't just because I have a picture of an AR-15 and AR-15s are illegal you know if you don't have a license in Massachusetts I mean that doesn't doesn't goats are accomplices yeah he's obviously he's getting railroaded um Daniel you mentioned I just want to circle back a little bit you mentioned you're filming a documentary do you have a title for that yet (laughs) you can't say it on the air (laughs) okay yeah, that's that's part of it, but we're 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 very near to completing it. Um, you know, I I, I I like to tell people that it probably won't have a huge entertainment value because all I'm doing is trying to win back my credibility right. from these rag news medias that have reported, you know, really ridiculous and erroneous statements about me. But it's not surprising because this is, you know, a, a fundamental fact of what I believe. I always knew I was going to have a little bit of anti-gun pushback, right? I mean, it's not my first rodeo. I'm 55 years old. I've been all over the country, all over the world shooting guns. Obviously, there's always a little tiff everywhere you go. I never thought in a million years this would metastasize into such a problem of such a group, of such a small group of people 
that hate the Second Amendment, and they'll do anything, anything to get rid of guns. And, and that's really what is, is the precedent down here, right? You know, maybe, you know, we could have won on a different platform. You know, we're, we're in the Second Circuit, United States um, Federal Court, Second Circuit in Manhattan now, okay. um, which, you know, we, we should be able to prevail on a First Amendment violation. You know, they maybe take down the school. You know, I could have repurposed the school into a church, mm-hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, um, you know, anything. Right. Grannies crocheting. Um, so, you know, vaccine clinic, they'd probably go with that. Yeah, <laughs> vaccine <just> clinic. <laughs> um, you know, my LGBTQ groups that come here, they've had a hundred different ideas for it. Um, you know, so th- th- there's a huge hit there. Yeah. And then the Second Amendment, obviously, barring and prohibiting any type of discharging of firearms on 541 Briar Hill Road is lunacy. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, is there a place that our listeners can go to, like a website or something, to find out more, to show their support, or to you know assist you in any way? Sure. The only thing we have right now is we have a, um, a Give, Send, Go uh, platform out there. Sure. Um, you know, we have other you know, social media platforms. Um, I, I can say this for you and your listeners, this, this recent war, um, warning uh, I think Nikki saw it, right? Wanted. They put these new yeah. wanted posters up about me. Oh, I, I think all the way from the governor down to the local police that are that are trying to get, you know, their five minutes of fame or get on this popularity um, about my case. It's backfiring because if there is a thousand comments, nine hundred and ninety eight are positive for me. Right, right. You, you know what I mean? And, and it, it was interesting because I recently quoted something. You know, uh, a month ago, Fox News did something and it was 200, uh, excuse me, 2.3 million views and 610,000 positive comments. Vermont is only six is only like 700,000 residents. So, you know, the, the, the size of, of, of Vermont really basically was supporting me in the sense of, hey, listen, this is fair, right? This is, you know, this is this is morally, legally, ethically aligned with what our freedoms stand for. I found a uh, link to a Give, Send, Go that says Stand with Slate Ridge. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That's, that's us. Yes, sir. I will uh, at- attempt to publish this to the Free Talk Live social media so all of our listeners who are listening, uh, as long as they subscribe to our social media, they can find a link uh, to that. Um, we're bumping up against the top of the hour here. Um, yes. So uh, I want to just you know make sure that people understand the the depth of this because we've only you know barely scratched the surface of your situation, but I certainly encourage you to continue to call this show really whenever you want to. I mean, uh, Nikki and I are here on Sundays, so if you want to mm-hmm. call on Sundays, okay. that's fine. It's always seven to ten p.m. The phones are always open. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you to keep us and and our listeners updated on this because this sucks, man. I mean it. It, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, sort of what happened in, in Granby, Colorado. You know, the way the, mm-hmm. the town came together, like, just with a vengeance against one man. And, yes. like, it, none of this should be happening to you, man. This is this is crap, in my opinion. Thank you. I, I appreciate your guys' support. I appreciate you giving me the platform. Like, Nikki reached out, and I'm I'm so grateful to her for this. You know, I think she was able to see some of the 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 tomfoolery with these folks that are muttering and regurgitating rhetoric that is completely you know but but that is something I learned too that 
you know, um, I guess in closing this, people are like, Dan, you got to suck it up. It's, you know, small community, good old boys. But another, you know, caveat to that is this closed and small minded uh, people that just completely forget that, hey, listen, we may not like this guy. We may not like the story. We may not like guns or he's letting all these folks come that we don't necessarily agree with. But it's a component of our constitutional rights that mm -hmm. if they take a little bit away from me, they'll take a little bit away from you guys. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's how it starts. Yeah. And I commend you for stand like standing up for yourself and for your rights because this isn't just about you and your situation. No. I mean, they could do this to anyone, you know, and this is about defending everyone's rights um and you're and you're you're fighting the good fight and i commend you for that because i know i can imagine that it is not easy i mean they've been targeting you for years i mean that's crazy and what i saw on facebook i mean i didn't really understand the whole situation and even what you've just shed light on in this past hour or so yeah. has been really i like it's it's so much worse yeah, than been... i could even think even thought while you've been telling us your your uh, situation daniel i've just been kind of scrolling through articles that you know I, I i hit the search engine and i just it's amazing oh my gosh like I, yeah. I i i feel so bad for you man but also too like i respect what you're doing uh like nikki said standing up like there's not enough people standing up uh in this day and age and so i commend you and respect you for just standing up because if you stand up that means somebody else isn't going to be afraid to stand up at some point in their life and and i encourage that thank you thank you it means a lot to me you know i i my attorneys are always like somehow you want to settle and i'm like no i i really yeah. don't because what has happened to yeah, me why should you has happened to other people you know i have some terrible stories that i could you know the next time i call and i could share with you but this town has been notorious for literally uh, um, ethically, religiously, socially cleansing people out of here. And let me be completely frank with you. If there was some type of forum or venue, I could have saw this before I came here. Mm -hmm. I would have never moved here. Right? right. You know, I mean, you know, when you buy property, you look at the taxes, you look at the school district, you look at the crime rate. If there was another com category of how racist the people are in your community, <laughs> And there was a, there was a denomination or a, or a percentage, and it was high. I wouldn't have come here. But uh, no, I'm not going to quit. You know, I want your audience and yourselves to know that I'm going to keep fighting. You know, yeah, I'm, it's it's kind of childish. I'm on the land right now, like they're saying, hiding and and you know avoiding arrest. But you know, behind the scenes, we're working very very diligently with some of the best legal scholars, the legal academia, uh, you know, acad academia. Um, and other scholastic people to really bring this complicated, complicated mess into a one paragraph, you know, say all to say, listen, here's what the Constitution says, and here's what the town took away from this guy that was constitutionally applicable. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I would run for first selectman. See what, <laughs> give them a taste of their own medicine. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, select yeah. select board yeah. person. Uh, yeah. Daniel yeah. Bonnier, thank you so much yeah. for the call, man. We appreciate you. Feel free to call us again and keep us updated as things uh, occur because I am very keen to keep up on this story. Thank you so much. Uh, 603-283-6160 is the number if you would like to uh, opine on this situation. If you have... You know, uh, any perspective or familiar familiarity with this, feel free to call. We've got more Free Talk Live on the way. 
including our number two stories. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. you'd like to join us is 603-283-6160. Oh, I don't know. I'm singing the last number. 603-283-6160. But it's not an O, it's zero. It is zero. Don't right. know. It is, yes. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. Uh, we just had a pretty interesting first hour. Yeah. yeah. Talking to Daniel Bonnier of... Uh, Vermont. Paulet. Uh, who, yeah, Paulet, uh, somewhere West near Paulet. West Paulet. Uh, he owns 30 acres out there. He built uh, a bit of a farm and a, uh, a firearms uh, a, a golf range. training facility, yeah. if you will. He had a couple different firing ranges and mm-hmm. would have, you know, different people come up. Anybody who wanted to train, you know, could come up and, you know, have a safe place to do so, like yeah. out of the mm. way. Like 30 acres is a lot of land, right? Oh, you know what I mean? So, like, right. out of the way, right? It's safe, right? And, you know, nobody's going to, you know, be hit by like a stray thing coming out of his firing range, you know, that right. kind of a thing. It's not like downtown he, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, he got all the permits and everything that he needed to get. He jumped through all the hoops, and yet the town is trying to railroad him. Uh, it's a pretty interesting case. Uh, you can uh, just search Daniel Bonnier, B-A-N-Y-A-I. There's a bunch of news articles about him in a situation. There's also some YouTube videos mm-hmm. of him fighting these people as well. So uh, I want to thank him again for calling in and sharing his story. Before we go on, I need to tell you that Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. With fees of less than a penny per transaction, Dash is made for spending. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Uh, all right. So, did you guys have any other thoughts on that? Dash? It's great. No, on Daniel. I love Dash. <laughs> Daniel, yeah. On Daniel's situation. Okay. All right. We'll move on. Well, uh, what, give out the, uh, the give, send. He had the uh, give, send, go. Yeah, right? the... Free sil- Slate Ridge. Is that what it was? Um, oh, I accidentally closed it. I'll find uh... it again. Uh, just hit the free talk well, we'll, live we'll page post it on our socials um, and there's also a really great uh, YouTube video that I'll be sure to uh, it's uh, givesendgo.com forward slash stand W slate ridge stand with okay. slate ridge the W is short for yeah with, with right? yeah. Yeah. givesendgo.com forward slash stand W slate ridge 
So yeah, there we go. And there was a YouTube video that did a pretty nice summary. It's like 30 minute long YouTube video um, that I can send to you, Captain, if you want to get that posted on our yep. socials and whatnot. We can do that. Um, yep. bef- uh, so we've done that. Let's go right away to, we have another caller. Uh, un- unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to call in and say thank you for letting me listen. Sure. And uh, <laughs> with, that's supposed to be a radio joke because you can't stop me. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, well, well, you're like, welcome. For... I'm like, yeah, I was, I was like, you're welcome? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Ron and Burgundy? Also, also, I wanted to apologize for not calling in as often as I should. Sarah from New Mexico seems to have put me to shame. Oh, and well, she'll do I'm that. going to do my best to remedy that. <laughs> uh, what was your name again? Inconvenient Tooth. Inconvenient Keith? Tooth. 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 I thought he said teeth. Oh, tooth. Tooth. Like, singular, like okay, one gotcha. Tooth. All right. Uh, Correct, so, there's only one of me. So what's on your mind tonight? Oh, just those things mostly. Yeah? Okay. If you want me to throw something out there, I would uh, I would urge the listeners to take your kids out of public school. I love that. Yep, oh. thank you. That's a great That's message. That's a little nugget of wis- uh, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. All the people who say things like, well, if your kid doesn't go to school, they won't be normal. That's the point. <laughs> right. yeah. But you also, like, have you seen public school kids? Like, what? So what is our definition of normal? Because normal? there's, like, litter boxes in, in <laughs> yeah, right. classrooms right, right now. So We've reached idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Carl's Jr. Yep. Uh, the children would be better off sitting around playing video games. Yeah. They'd learn more than they would in public school, absolutely. Yeah, the thing about learning is that it doesn't require uh, an institution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people, well, have been, as... people have been learning, like, uh, all of their lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, and that's the thing, like, that. compulsory... You know, institutionalized learning facilities are very much a new thing, you know. And and once you learn about the history of where these schools came from, like first it was the Catholic, first it was the Catholic Church, right? And they were just trying to get people to obey God and obey the church. And then, you know, it moved on to the state. And it's like, oh, well, if we make this compulsory and we force people to send their kids here, we will have obedient, you know, citizens and they will (laughs) obey the state and we will teach them the word of the state. It's very much about obedience and compliance and it has nothing to do with education or learning. John Taylor Gatto wrote some real good stuff, tracing, tracing the history of modern public schooling yep. uh, to the old Prussian system during mm-hmm. uh, World War One, yep. uh, where like what they were trying to develop was a way to uh, get people to work in factories and get them trained up as quickly as possible with a minimal amount of time spent uh, teaching them how to you know pull the levers and you know turn the wheels and, and that right. type of a thing. And so they found that this system of like, chairs in a row and you know somebody up at front with a stick and you know (laughs) an authoritarian figure right going over the material was like the fastest way to train these factory employees uh and so when they found out that that worked and that people were just smart enough to pull the levers but not smart enough to question why yeah uh then all of a sudden governments are like hey this is interesting (laughs) we could use this we could do this to (laughs) our citizenry and keep them just dumb enough to keep electing us yeah 
but not smart enough to you know rebel right. against the give, give their them some paradigm. drinking drinking fountains with fluoride in it. And yeah, <laughs> well, and set. that's why so many people, when you start saying things like this, like we don't need schools. Like you can be educated outside of schools, and there yeah. are better, more efficient ways to do this mm-hmm. that don't involve imprisoning children. People freak out because this is one of my favorite topics, right? So I like post a Facebook status like public schools are prisons and then people and then people will comment on it and they're like, they freak out. They're like, what do you mean? How how are we going to educate the children? And I even had uh, I have one of my old teachers from middle school on Facebook and she commented on that status about public school. I was I was quoting Peter Gray in his book, Free to Learn. Uh, and she goes, "Oh, does that make me a prison guard?" Oh, uh, you're, you're just I, poking the hornet's nest, aren't you? And I didn't, I didn't want to. That's our Nikki. I didn't really want to <laughs> get into it, you know, on Facebook comments. But I guess I'll get into it on the radio. Uh, and what I really wanted to say was, no, actually, you're far worse than a prison guard mm. because prisoners were allegedly they did something wrong. They were convicted of a crime. The only, the only crime these children committed was that they are under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So because of the compulsory schooling laws in the United States, they are forced to be here against their will. Yep. I mean, the, the levels of hopelessness and the rates of suicide are higher than they were in world war two or the great depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these are like, this is real stuff. Yeah. Uh, If any of our listeners out there, uh, you know, are, are willing to do a real life uh, comparison, go take a tour of your local prison yeah, and then go take a tour of your local high school. If they let you into the high school to take a tour, they probably won't. Well, I mean, unless your child goes there's, there, there's, there's way you could do it in the, uh, what do you, you got to do it in an audio of the school? Season, I don't you know? Know you oh yeah. That. Look, uh, my, yeah, look my sister, yeah. my, my sister's moving here and I just want to take a tour of the school so I can oh, tell her about, you yeah. know, there's yeah, ways, use, there's ways. Yeah, you same, you're a taxpayer. Ceilings, yeah. same bricks on the wall, same flooring. Uh, they use yeah. the same, uh, uh suppliers for yeah. uh, school lunches as they do prison food. Yep, It's not by accident. Yeah. Uh, like, like these are all government contracts, right? Uh, there's a whole lot of similarity uh, between what uh, schools do and what prisons do. Because the thing about government is, as an institution, it only knows one thing, and that's force. That's coercion, yeah. right? So you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the truancy officers, oh. right? Right? These are the guys that come around and make sure your kids are in school. Yeah. Right? Oh, you didn't say, how come? Okay. Oh, did you know that it's illegal for you not to send them to school yeah. and all this kind of thing? And it's up to the parents to fight back against But this is crap. it really illegal to not send your kid to school? Well, they have to be registered as, and you can even do unschooling. Like you don't need yeah. to have like any sort of homeschooling curriculum as long, and it depends state yeah, by you state, can't, as long as you fill out the state paperwork, they just need to your kids to be on the record. Right. You can't just not send your kids to school. That's, you have to opt that's out. illegal. You have to opt out with the paperwork. <laughs> right? Well, they'll, they'll send they'll send people to kidnap your children. Right, and if possibly you, you as well. Right. Yeah, and possibly and you as well. we know they yeah. can do that. Uh, inconvenient tooth comments? Yes. Uh, I would like to say further that I think a lot of people know exactly how bad the public school system is, and they just keep using it because it's a free babysitter. But yeah. I would say that it's going to be easier to just cut that now to get your kids out than it is to deal with the aftermath of indoctrinating them that way for that long. Get your kids out. I couldn't yeah, agree more. I, I agree as well. And uh, 
I think most people are indoctrinated themselves, so they don't see anything wrong with the system. A lot of people don't think the way that that we think, I suppose. Right. Um, so they don't see anything wrong with yeah. public school. But I do think any freedom-minded person, any libertarian, anarchist-leaning person, probably most of the listeners of this show, if your kids are in public school, like you might really want to think about it. I, but like this is this isn't public school. This is a government indoctr- indoctrination center. It really is. You know, imagine, that's what it is. Imagine if uh, your children had to go to a place uh, five days a week for 12 years where everything was branded Nike. Yeah. Right? I pledge allegiance to the swoosh <laughs> of the United Shoes or, you know, whatever kind of thing. And, you know, the bell goes off. Okay, Nike kids, it's time for you to go to your next Nike class, right? Yeah. You know, uh, are your kids going to be predisposed? Are your kids going to be brainwashed to believe yeah. that Nike is all powerful and all good and all things Nike? Yeah. And they couldn't possibly be bad. Of course they're they not going to want to wear Adidas. The difference, <laughs> the difference between the mafia and the government is is that the mafia doesn't have a 12-year indoctrination uh, program to put your kids through to make them believe that the mafia is doing good. But Mm -hmm. the state does, and that's why everybody thinks that the state is okay, that public education, government education, that is, uh, is okay. Any other thoughts there, uh, Tooth? Uh, Nope, that's it. I'll let you guys get back to it. Hey, thanks for the call, man. Call us again sometime. Don't let don't let Sarah in New Mexico, you know, <laughs> shame you too bad. You well, too we much. haven't yeah. heard from her. In a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yep. Perhaps. I think she's still working on her uh, pyramid scheme. Oh yeah, the, she might be really busy with that. Yeah, yeah. is that more of a triangle scheme at this point? Um, is it, yeah, I think well, two yeah, two dimensional. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a pyramid. It's more like a triangle. Like you're at the top, and all your friends are at the bottom. So it's a. Triangle well, someone's scheme. at the top, but yeah. I don't think it's... Uh, right, it's, it's probably the know. owner of the company, and you're kind of in the it's, middle. It's, it's not Sarah or the girl you went to high school with. It's no. it's yeah. somebody else <laughs> is at the top. The CEO. I'm, I'm just trying to think of other like parallels to, to public school that, that I can prison. draw. I mean, it, prison, yes. Um, it's definitely... Uh, well, a, it's monopolistic. It, it's a brainwash camp. And it, and it definitely... Yeah, and it definitely, I mean, it carries on from public school to then like the 40-hour work week where kids that go to public school are are a lot less likely to start their own business or be entrepreneurs than kids that were homeschooled. Yes, kids, uh, homeschooled kids also attend college earlier and more more successfully. And that is a common misconception because people, that's the big thing, right? College, college, college. Even though we all know that college doesn't guarantee you a a job or a well-paying job. Guarantees you Um, debt. Guarantees you debt. Absolutely, (laughs) for sure. Um, But people, a lot of parents are very concerned about their kids getting into a good college. That's a very big concern. Mm -hmm. Um, My thoughts of that are irrelevant at this point. But uh, homeschooled kids absolutely can qualify to go to college, there are homeschooled kids that have gotten into Harvard and other Ivy League oh, yeah. colleges. There are ways, and they actually have special um, like registration processes for homeschooled kids. And some colleges are actually seeking out homeschooled kids right. because they want that sort of diversity right. in their college. And a lot of kids that were homeschooled thrive in that college environment, and they are still able to get very good grades 
and you know, get out in two years. Enter, <laughs> enter the workforce, and a lot of the times, like you mentioned, you know they're going to college at 14, 16 years old. They're graduating early. It's almost like they're at more of an advantage. Yes. And the other common misconception is that a lot of people feel that they're too dumb to homeschool their kids, or that they don't have the capabilities. Oh and the God. beautiful thing about children are. They are so inquisitive. Children are natural learners. So you can just give your, like, let your kid be the guide of what they are learning. And I promise Mm -hmm. you, they will learn everything they need to on their own timeline. Oh, guess what? You're going to learn something on the way, too, if you're homeschooled. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. they will teach you so many things as well. I mean, it's a a great thing. And, And unfortunately, I think a lot of the hurdles people face is that, I mean, the economy, yeah. Right. So like a lot of household needs to be a, a two income household, especially if now you have dependents to mm-hmm. feed and clothe yeah. and all of those things. So um, I understand that there are some very legitimate hurdles, but I also understand like most people are living living beyond their means. And I've seen people completely change their lives, downscale things sure. and live a more like simple, wholesome life, yeah. so to speak. To be able to give their kids that homes that opportunity to get them out of public schools yeah. and give them a real education, and that's a real advantage, a real opportunity. Having one stay-at-home parent uh, is a far greater advantage to any child mm-hmm. than yeah. having zero stay-at-home parents and sending them to daycare and sending them off to the the, the government babysitter known right. as public schooling. Yeah. Uh, it like, I mean, do the research for yourself, but that evidence has been out there for some time. Uh, it's just commonly ignored because people don't want to put the effort in. It's people want to take the path of least resistance. And that is, Oh, the government says I should send my kids to public school. They don't want to put any effort into it. And really you're right. You you don't have to be a teacher. You just have to be an encourager. Yeah. You have to, when your child finds something that they're drawn to, that they're attracted to, a subject, a, a, you know, anything, right, encourage them to explore and that give subject. Them, yeah. Give them the resources. Yes. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's not, you don't have to teach them. They will learn themselves. But, but give them the resources. Like, if my kid was interested in architecture, well, let's bring them to an architect. Like, I'm sure we yeah. can right. find somebody in the community. And a lot of people love children and love to just teach. Yep. And it's like, oh, I'll teach you how to, you know what I mean? Like, yep. just just simple things like that. It doesn't have to be so serious or so stressful or so strict. And there's algebra. Do you, yeah. you need algebra? No, yeah. I don't. I've never I mean, used also, it. like YouTube. I mean, this is the I was future. Say. Like, but you're, you're the kids, and they're so they're just sponges, and they can learn so quickly. So you put a kid in front of a computer, you don't even need to teach them how to use it. Maybe put like parental blocks or something, but they'll figure it out themselves. Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, you know, I'm a, a man of age. I'm over fifty. I'm fifty one mm-hmm. now, and uh, you know. Okay, I might be, uh, I, I lean into tech pretty heavily and have most yeah. of my life, but there are people way younger than me that are far more technical than me this at this point in space and time. However, even to this day, I myself and other people of my age have figured out how to learn stuff. For right. example, uh, you know, something uh, something goes wrong and you're like, oh man, how do I fix this? You go right. to the YouTube. Right. Yeah. You, you Washing the machine. Uh, not YouTube working. University. Okay. Yeah, like, I can't oh. tell you how many times a, a week, a month that people have been like, yeah, man, this thing happened. And then I went and I searched online and like, oh, there it was. There's like five videos yeah. on how to yeah. fix this thing. And bam, bam, bam. I went, bought the part and I put it in and now it's fixed. 
Right. And like, but that's how people, that's how people of age learn. Imagine how fast children learn. Oh yeah. Right. right? Absolutely. Like they're going to, they're going to pick that up. They're going to absorb it like a sponge. They're going to internalize it. All of the, imagine like when I was growing up, you had to like look stuff up in the encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, you had to find <laughs> hope, a book or a and person hope that to it talk was, to. That it was a recent edition yeah. of the encyclopedia. Yeah, right. If I had had the world's knowledge at my fingertips yeah. on a magic rectangle in my pocket, oh my gosh, man! Like school is completely unnecessary. Uh, all of the things you need to learn, the basics of learning, right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? The three R's, as they mm-hmm. call it, even right. though one of them is an A. Uh, they can't, they can't it, spell it, it right. takes a very small period of time to teach a human being how to read, how to write, and how to do math. It takes yeah. a very small period of time. The rest of the 12 years that the government is subjecting your children to is all brainwashing. It's well, all indoctrination. It's, it's wasted time is what it is. It's yeah. just, oh, you know, in kindergarten... We all line up and hold hands like that, and then you have to waste time. This kid is being scolded because he can't sit still because you're forcing him to sit in a chair all day, right. and he's five. And yep. there's a lot of time that's just spent filling time. Well, and, so if and, you're if you're just letting your kid learn on their own, they will learn these concepts in so much less time, and then they will get to be free <laughs> to right. play. And, the rest of the day like they're supposed to. They're kids. And public schools teach to the median, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they don't teach to, to the highest aptitude or the lowest aptitude. They teach to the, the average of the class. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And this slows down the faster kids, and it also leaves behind the slower kids because it's too fast for them. Yeah. Right? There's so little specialization going on that they're trying to shove everybody into this homogenous box. With a time limit on it. Now, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about you, but like uh, when I started playing guitar, for example, uh, I didn't sit around for like 50 minutes and, you know, learn about the guitar and like pick up some tablature and try and figure out a song and then put it down and go do something else. No, I would spend hours, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah. whole days even, like on the weekends or whatever, right? Just going through, figuring out, oh, this is how you play this, or this is the, you know, the right notes to hit here, or, you know, find, you know, how to cover a song or get some tutelage somewhere from somebody else. Uh, but I, I did that all on my own, yeah. right? I, I didn't, you know, th- there wasn't this 45 minute period with which I did this thing and a bell went off and I was like, okay, erase right. my mind on to the next thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not how people learn. That is the antithesis of learning. Right. Well, when, when a kid gets into something, they are into it. Oh, yeah. Like my kids, like they're right. into Legos and that's all they did was Legos or fishing or right. what. And they just glob onto that. Right. And that they just want to become an expert at that. So. Like now, if like, if I want to learn about something, I I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, you want to learn about guitar? You but want to learn about whatever? In, right. And you right? do as much research. You try to get as much information as possible. Yeah. If you're not interested in something that you're learning, it's you're work. not gonna you're not gonna yeah it's work. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna remember it. You're not gonna retain it. But if you're a good student, you know you might get an A on the test because you memorized it. But the majority of what kids are learning in public school, they forget yeah. before summer vacation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 603-283-6160 is the number. If you would like to call and talk about whatever's on your mind, you could comment on anything we've been talking about or change the subject. It's up to you. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up, including a number two story. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, 
government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Phrase that we could invent to let people know when we are indeed back. Like, like a piece if, of music or only something? There was that... some, like a catchphrase, if you will. You know, something I mean, like like three letters or yeah. shorter. You know, less we than four say, letters uh, anyway, to let them know. We could say, we're uh, and we're back every time we come back. Uh, that wouldn't work. That's a good that's, idea. That's too, that's too simple. Sounds like a bit much. Yeah, we'll consider it. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. That's right. That number again is O six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Oh, that number is O. Why does he sing the last number? I don't know. The pizzazz, a little razzazzle. He's like a crazy person. In the studio tonight, it's me, brother Captain. Brother Steve Classic. And Sister Nikki. Let's go to the phones right away. We have Ricky from the Commonwealth calling. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Brother Captain. Brother Steve. Sister Nikki, good evening. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> Yo. Well, you know, you know what's funny? I heard you talking about the public school system. Now, Sister Nikki will remember me talking in the past when she used to do Wednesdays with Miss Bonnie. And, you know, I'm sitting here with my battle flag. It made me think of this, the Civil War, the way they approached it. You see, it's very interesting. Now, see, here's my theory of why you have this sudden upsurge of chronic depression and suicides amongst these young people. See, when I was a young person, I took the opportunity to speak to older people. Now, there was a woman lived right next to me in the half a double I grew up in. And she told me what it was like here in Pennsylvania uh, when it came to the Civil War. And she was 86, and she died in, like, 1985. Now, the fact of the matter is, so I knew this as a young person. I'm in kindergarten. And the reality is it checked out because I was a bookworm. Now, here's the problem. You see, when I was in kindergarten, I was already at a level where I completed the second grade. Mm. And by the time I was in the sixth grade, I was at a high school level, and by the time I was at, at high school, I was at a college level. And I can see where these young kids are getting this way because imagine this. 
Now, I could have been one of these kids. So by the time we got to the Civil War, which in my case was early on, you know, they had an interesting approach. I really didn't talk much about it. Maybe I had a lie or two for a spin, and then we just move on. The word Confederacy was never mentioned. Now, my neighbor confirmed how it was. They were split here, and no doubt, in 1864, November to be exact, we almost joined the Confederacy. And I can see how these young kids, these people are supposed to be mentors, they're teachers. But here they're lying to them. Mm -hmm. So they're getting depressed and even worse, self-destructive. That's my theory. Well, and you got to remember, too. these children. Yeah, you got to remember, too, uh, you know, the the victors of wars write the history books, right? And so then then if the institutions uh, of those war victors uh, then use that, uh, as brainwashing material, why you know they can literally change uh, everybody's thoughts on on history. Right, it, it, it's amazing to say that because see, this is where you have the this major thing now. And I spoke recently about Nikki Haley, and that was a setup question. The question was, what started the Civil War? Well, it's that question she answered correctly. Now, the second question was, what was it about? Now, she did not speak much about it. And I could see why, because it's a setup and she knew it. Now, they're still trying to pump that. And the reality is, how about this, the worst part? It was over the land. That's why 400,000 Confederate and 200,000 Union died. Lincoln said he would kill everyone on both sides for the Union. He sure as hell wasn't doing it on slavery. That wasn't even a thought until 1863. Mm-hmm. Lincoln was a white supremacist tyrannical son of a bitch he didn't care and that it just sounds nice right like oh it was for slavery you know and it's a way it's a way to kind of um for that yeah i mean i mean come on people use your common sense but it was a way to other people the confederacy it was a, a way to make the confederacy seem like the bad guys the slave owners the plantation owners and it was a way to make the union look good you know well, what the I mean? North so had twice as many slaves. That's why their military was so powerful because yeah. they were all in the military. Yeah. The rest of them down in the South, they were down the plantations to the end of the war, and they were still down there when the Union came down and said, "Get the hell out!" And then they got screwed over ultimately again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a lot of lies that are taught in public schools, and I want to touch well, upon that- again how you were speaking to communicating with older folks in a community. And I I think that is so valuable to have interactions with grandparents, but also other older folks in the community because they do hold a lot of wisdom and they, they hold, you know, a lot of information about the old ways, you know, and especially in the age that we're in right now where things are changing so rapidly, there are so, there's so much wisdom that's being lost. And I feel like, the the government through these schools, it, it's not by accident that the family unit is being torn apart and separated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids kind of think nowadays, like, old people are stupid, they're crazy, like, they don't know what they're talking about. And, and really, like, older people in a community, like, that's where the wisdom is. Like, that's who should right. be teaching the children. But yeah. instead, you have some... 25 year old teacher who's like te- you know what i mean and right. i i don't you know, what experience I, do they have right well it, exactly so like if you're going to have a teacher shouldn't it be an older person with right. much more life experience well, and, and you want to look at too before the prussian style system yeah. was implemented uh most of the schoolhouses 
that existed uh, did what they call teaching down. Right. So, you know, there wasn't this, oh, well, if you're in this grade, you're over here and you're separate from all the other kids, except maybe during recess. There was a lot of age mixing. There was a whole bunch of age mixing. And in fact, the teachers would rely on the older students who had already learned a whole bunch of stuff to help them teach down right to the younger kids. Now, what does that do for the older kids? Well, it reinforces everything they've already learned, but it also teaches them a much more valuable skill, which is how to teach. Right. Yeah. Well, and a responsibility of mentoring a younger person. There's right. a school in Massachusetts called the Sudbury Valley School. It's yes. in Sudbury, Massachusetts. And they use an unschooling model. So there's a lot of age mixing going yes. on and the kids are allowed to like choose choose their path in learning and they have a lot of freedom. Um, and they'll notice that in, in this particular school and, and in a lot of other settings like this, the kids, like the older kids will find a, a child that's a few years younger than them and they will mentor them. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. will become very protective of the child and they will kind of become l- like a mentor. Mm-hmm. And it teaches kids uh, there's a lot less bullying in these situations because you're less likely to bully someone that's younger than you than a peer that's your same age. Right. It teaches them how to have responsibility to care for somebody that's younger, the skills of teaching and passing along that knowledge. I mean, there's so many really beneficial things that come from age mixing that just doesn't happen in public school because you're with all nine-year-olds and you know you have to teach the state curriculum Mm -hmm. and the teachers don't even have freedom to teach the kids what they want to teach or the subjects because it's all about the state mandatory testing and making sure the kids can score high enough on those mandatory testing and there's a a raise well exactly so they get a raise there's a stigma associated too uh with this sort of like the the age in betweeners right so uh if you're like just on the cusp of the school year with your birthday or whatever you might be a grade behind because your birthday hasn't happened even though all of your peers are in a grade ahead of you and then it's just this arbitrary date that they just chose right and then if you don't graduate quote unquote to the next grade with you know your chosen set of their chosen set of your peers right then you're made to feel like a failure because you didn't keep up with the rest of the nine-year-olds or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and that's that's the antithesis of learning that's punishing somebody for something that is out of their control it's age discrimination it totally is ricky well it's funny i've said many many times all the state is is a strong arm extension of the federal government. The federal government liked to hide, and the state mm-hmm. liked to hide, hide in different ways. And it reminds me of your earlier caller, the first caller. He shouldn't be surprised, because that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. The state's doing the dirty work. The federal government, the good guys in this, you see, we're not at fault here. It's not us, of course. It's the state, and it's all confusing. There's nothing confusing about it. Well, if the state, if the state picks up all the work, I'm sure the federal government can just write him a check. And that's probably what the state no wants. No doubt. Hey, I, I, you said it. I didn't there, brother Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, no I don't know if that's true. That's just a, an educated guess. Yeah. Hey, Ricky, th- thank you for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, 603-283-6160. Uh, I want to circle back to, well, the number one story before we get to the number two story. Uh, Steve reminded me that we really hadn't <laughs> talked about it very much, but... Uh, we interrupted the program. We did. It was important. It was great. And it was a great it first good, hour. Yeah. It was really good. Um, America, that's the United States, has borrowed $1 trillion since the start of football season. 
uh, since September, let's just say. How many zeros are in a trillion? Oh, I honestly... A lot. Seven? <laughs> I, I, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, must be the storm? Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, lights have been flickering. Ugh. We may still be live. We are... We may still we be live. We might still be live because I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the compressor working over there. I can't hear in my headphones, there. so... Yeah. All right, Something so if you're listening, if you're still hearing our voices, we're getting flickering lights up here with we're us. waiting. Is this what they were talking about with the snow in New England? <laughs> yeah. They tried to warn... Winter All the storm. Floridians tried to warn us about this, but we didn't listen. <laughs> or maybe we just lost our headphone feed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping. All right, so uh, the captain has to take over the, uh, the starship here. Okay, okay, so... <laughs> Anyways, how, how many zeros is in a how trillion? Many, I, I don't My know. My guess was seven. Because there's six in a million, but then a, then you get oh. to a billion, then so a what, thousand nine? billion. I don't know, but I did the math. If you divide, if you divide a trillion by the the, the football season, which is roughly four months, it's two, it's two hundred fifty billion dollars a month, and it was like I don't know. Then divide that by thirty days, it's I don't know five or six billion a day. That's crazy in, in borrowing. You know, so. Who is, is it the Federal Reserve that's like... I also don't really love the word borrowing in this case. You know what I mean? Because well, where they're borrowing it from the Federal Reserve, so essentially they're just printing more money. Like who, they're not actually borrowing, borrowing it. it. They're just well, they're destroying lo- the economy well, worse than it already was. Well, they're was. loaning it into existence. That's how money is made. It's loaned. So well, it's, that, yeah, that's it's how loaned, fiat currency right. is made. So yeah. it's loaned to the federal government a trillion, and then magically more money has to come back to the bank. You know, a trillion uh, and a half has to come back, or whatever, a trillion and a billion. You know, interest payment of a billion. So, and considering we're how many how many trillion dollars in debt? I think it was 34, About 35? 34, 34. We just passed the 34 trillion. So at, at I that, don't know if it's going to come back. At that pace, I think <laughs> by next year at this time we'll be at forty trillion, roughly. Yeah. And like, where 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 is the uh, you know is it fifty trillion, a hundred trillion? Do we is there what's after a trillion? A quadrillion? <laughs> Can we be uh, a gazillion? A gazillion? We're a gazillion <laughs> dollars in debt. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, when are people going to finally admit that the system has failed? Is it is it when we're a gazillion dollars? I, I, like I they, these are made up numbers because at one point in time they were unfathomable. Right, even a trillion. And now it was like a trillion dollars. Like, wow, that's a lot of money. And now it's like I yeah, mean, thirty-four maybe, trillion, no big deal. Maybe the U.S. could take a page out of Venezuela's book and um, just they just kept taking the currency back and then like changing it like oh this is the new currency and they would just like take away like slash take a zero, off a bunch of zeros. zeros right yeah and they're like oh this is the new i forget what their currency was called but oh this is the new whatever peso or whatever yeah. yeah yeah this is the new Argentinian one and peso. they would just slash off like four zeros from right. it they'd make everybody you know bring their money back to the bank and then reinstitute the new money that was well that's always the fear is like they're going to do it on a long weekend like a thanksgiving weekend where you can't get your money Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, banks are closed. We're going to revalue the currency. Yeah. And that's why people are like, well, store cash. Like, well, what good is cash going to do? You know, you've got to store valuable. And the thing is, like, what what I'm doing with extra money, besides buying lumber, is buying durable goods that will last a long time. Yeah. Buying good quality because boots. Because that's worth more. Yeah. If you yeah. have that, you know, if you buy it with today's dollars, 
it, it will hold its value, I think, longer as Absolutely. inflation goes up. And I think that is good advice because especially where we have all of these goods, I mean, food is becoming more and more expensive. Ammunition is becoming more and everything is becoming more and more and more expensive to the point where it's going to be unattainable. And we've seen this happen in other countries where the economy really tanks and then a loaf of bread is like $50 and people can't even afford to eat. They're literally starving in the streets. Right. And I mean, I hate to be all doom and gloom, but it does seem like this is kind of the direction mm-hmm. that the United States is going in. It's it's the McDonald's. What was it? The McDonald's Big Mac. The the cost of the Big Mac basically yeah. tells you where the economy is going. Yeah, because and right know, now it's like what like twenty dollars. We, yeah, we talked about this. Like you yeah. know, how much is a is a Happy Meal or whatever? It's like eight or ten dollars a Big Mac value meal. I don't know, eighteen dollars. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. So I I just saw. Um, Someone posted something like we were talking about. You were, you saw something on Facebook, with, but someone posted that they just spent forty two dollars for two hamburgers and fries what? at Five Guys. At Five Guys, right? So you think, all right, you're going to go out for forty two dollars? Though that's still like expensive. That's like bucks. a restaurant, like a sit down restaurant meal. In yeah, Five Guys, I mean, it's it's a step above McDonald's, right? But it's still, I mean, that's still fast food. It should still be fast food prices. Yeah. But, you know, if you think about, you know, going to the grocery store, like, I get to spend $40. You know, yeah. if, you, if you took that same $40 and said, I'm going to make hamburgers, you could probably, yeah. I don't know, at the make grocery it. store, you could probably make eight burgers or 10 yeah. burgers instead of buying two. Yeah. So you're basically, you're, you're, you're basically paying for someone to wash your dishes. And at yeah, a fast basically. food joint, there are no dishes. So what are you paying for? The convenience of someone cooking yeah. a subpar quality burger? I mean, that's typically how it always is, though. I mean, and that's why... Uh I think, Captain, I think we might be back. Hopefully. <laughs> we're not back. Uh, ba- and we're back. <laughs> and we're not back. <laughs> we're not back. <laughs> but, I mean, and that, that's typically just how restaurant and eating out eating always is. Someone's cooking your food. Someone's washing your dishes. And that's kind of why, you know, typically I don't even like to eat out because I always feel like I could make it better for cheaper at home. And you're not, and if you make it at home, you're not paying tax on your meal yeah which in new hampshire is eight and a half percent it's one that's it's, crazy you know, that's the tax. Well, they gotta tax us somewhere I yeah exactly well you know that's really, hey, you want to go or they eat? could just not <laughs> i know in connecticut the the restaurant tax is one percent higher than the sales tax because connecticut has a sales tax new hampshire doesn't yeah but still i mean you're paying eight and a half percent over what your meal is so yeah Get, get and that also is store. like that's something that people actually don't really consider most of the time when they're calculating those costs. Right. People rarely think about the tax because it is rolled into the total. I remember when I was in California, because at this point I was so used to living in New Hampshire with no sales tax. <laughs> right. Um, and even I, so I was in L.A. County and they I forget what the sales tax was, but I think it was like nine percent or something like astronomical. Well, it's a state, um, it's a state tax and a county tax. Yes. Right? Like I think yes. New York is the same way. So the county tax in L.A. County was it's basically I was I was buying something that was twenty dollars and I knew it was twenty dollars after the price. So I went to scan it. That was the only thing I was buying. And then she charged me for like more like twenty three, twenty four, twenty six dollars, something like that. And I was like, I don't really care about like the few bucks, but I just want to let you know, like, that's what it was priced at. I'm being overcharged. Like, it just wasn't. I'm like, I'm not really going to fight you about it. But just to let you know, I was just mentioning it to the cashier. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she said, oh, that's a tax. 
And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't hear me. Like it was like three dollars on twenty dollars. And she's like, yeah, that's that's just that's the, the tax. tax. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And then I went and did the math. I was like, oh yikes. Yeah, it was almost like ten percent. Wow. For the tax, I think they had had the highest tax in the country. But even so, and it's like. All of those people that live there, I mean, a ton, millions of people live in every L.A. County. Day, every day. They're and I'm them. sure all those people, I mean, that's a very rich area to live, so I'm sure they're spending a ton of money, and they're just paying all of these taxes without even thinking about it. It just gets rolled into the total. Right. And they don't even think about it. Well, I I, I bought some stuff in Connecticut, and I'm, I'm dealing with a vendor there, and I wasn't dealing with my regular salesperson, salesman. Um. So the the kid said, um, "Well, it's uh, it was it came up like two hundred dollars." And he says, "It's two hundred and twelve dollars." I said, "Well, you know, I, I'm shipping this stuff to New Hampshire. There's no sales tax." He goes, yeah. "Well, you have to pay the sales tax." Not and if I you're s- shipping it to New I, Hampshire. I, I technically, said, I said, "I mean, you don't uh, on Amazon, right?" Well, this is uh, this was in Connecticut. So anyway, yeah, yeah, it was through a vendor, but not through Amazon. But he said, um, "No, but still, I mean, like the point right. is typically where you're shipping it, right? Is so I'm trying whether to ed- you- right. So I'm trying to educate the kid on yeah. no sales tax." And I, I, you know, he may or may not have known this. So I, so he goes, it's, well, it's only $12. That's yeah, what he said to me. I said, well, yeah, but it's $12 for the state. I mean, right. So I said, well, it's only $12 and give me $12. And he was like, well, oh, well, I don't, I didn't see it that way. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, it's that way. Yeah. So no. And that's the thing too. And it, and it's not about the $12, right? It's about where the $12 where <laughs> is going. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that was like my point with the phone charger or whatever I was buying. I was like, I don't love Walmart as a corporation. I don't think, you know, I don't love giving them my money. You know, I'd rather right. give my money to like a mom and pop store or a friend or something. But giving $3 to Walmart feels a lot better or or the lumber yard or wherever you're, you know, the, right. the supplier you're talking about. Giving $3 to a business feels a lot better than giving $3 to the, to the state. Government. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. that's just like ammo that they're going to use to like shoot little kids overseas right you know what i mean like that is funding the war machine Mm -hmm. say what you will about walmart or amazon but they're not actively murdering people as far (laughs) as i know but they are holding it's funny because if you're a business and you're charging sales tax you're basically the, the state is employing you to take money yeah and then they, you know, then you have to do all the paperwork to report yeah. that money. And that's actually a great way. That's a great way to put it. It's like the. Um, they should kick back some money to you. Hey, thanks for doing our work for us. Yeah. You well, and that's like, um, you know, back in back in the day and, you know, early America where they would have to have the tax man come physically to, <laughs> from town to town to collect the, the tax, tax collector, revenue. Right. The tax collector. Yeah. Now all of this stuff is automated, but. You know, if your family's starving and the tax collector comes and he's like, you owe me this much money and you don't have it. I mean, and that's where a lot of, you know, turbulence started in early America because people were more concerned with feeding their families. And, you know, that, you know, the the English (laughs) come and they're like, you know, we need money from you and they're demanding money from you and you don't have it. Mm hmm. But now it's just people are so conditioned. Well, it's also, you know, if you look at if you have a regular job and you get uh, tax taken out of your check yeah, a little bit. The, the 30% right. or so, so. Right. So, you know, you have FICA, Social Security, yeah. all the other little associated money that comes out of your check and people don't see that. 
Yeah. And then that's like, I'm getting money back from the government in April. Yeah. Oh. No, they stole that from you and now right. somehow they owe you. Right. So as so as being self-employed, you have to write that check every quarter and yeah. send it to the United States Treasury. Yeah. And if everyone had to write a check quarterly to the United States Treasury. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good. actually true. I think people would feel a lot differently about it. Right. They're seeing like you know a $3,000, I mean? $5,000 check. Like, what? But even I remember when I was 16 years old and I got my first job and I looked at my pay stub and I did the math out, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm making this this much money per hour. Right. So I knew what to expect. I did the simple math in right. my head. $10 an hour, 30 hours, I'm getting 300 bucks. Exactly. Right? I knew how much money I was supposed to make. Yeah. And then I looked at the paycheck and I'm like, well, they shorted me a lot. 264 bucks. Yeah, what? like this is a, this is a <laughs> lot less. And then they have the breakdown and at that point as cuz this is the stuff they don't teach you in public school, right? right? So I had no clue how much money was being taken out of my paycheck. Mind you, I'm 16 years old, working a minimum minimum wage job. I don't have benefits. I'm on my mom's health insurance. Like I'm mm-hmm. not paying into all of the other things. This was just tax and it was close to Three to a third of my uh, my paycheck. Right. All right, you're listening to Free Talk Live as the captain is uh, continuously plugging things in. Hopefully, we're still uh, still hanging in there. Uh, give us a call back 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up after this. That number again is 603-283-6160. So previously... uh, Joining us in the studio. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) As the captain is uh, frantically uh, getting us back. Yeah, so Uh, we have uh, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. So uh, previously on the last segment, we were talking about the national debt in how how many how many trillion dollars since the since the NFL season started? It's a trillion. Oh, so, so just one trillion. Only one well, trillion that's not too bad. over four months. Uh, you know, kind of a lot. I kind was wondering if I was wondering if they just took that trillion and put it all on black at the casino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, what is it? What is there to lose? Fantasy yeah. football, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to Fan bet on. Duel put a trillion dollars. Actually, I kind of would rather that they would gamble it because they might have better odds than whatever they're spending it they're on. They're just wasting it. Right. Just wasting it. Just you might as well just set it on fire. Or you could have a little fun, play some fantasy football, <laughs> play some blackjack. Right. You know. Right. Double your money or just get rid of it. They're getting rid of it anyway, so at least they'd have a better chance of doubling their money. A trillion dollars. Well, the captain will be uh, joining us shortly, and we were talking about the trillion dollars. Where we were, we were, we are going to get to the number two story in the third hour. Yeah, I, I mean, I we could. I mean, I think we've pretty much 
talked about the national debt. Do you want to get into the number two story now? Let's or? do the number two yeah. story. Why not? Uh, so we have this Which one. Which one? We have three. <laughs> I guess the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, explosive. So this one is from Business Insider. Florida man sues Duncan for $50,000 in damages. <laughs> Florida man, of course. <laughs> After claiming exploding toilet left him covered in human feces. Sounds Well, it's probably his own. Hu- it's, own it's probably his feces. <laughs> I know. It's not like a porta potty, right? <laughs> human feces, of course. Well, if you're in a... Th- I would just love to know how this happened. I mean, is it like an exploding plumbing, toilet. piping... The was toilet? He, he might have been just, you know, 500 pounds. <laughs> the toilet just gave out. I don't know. Let's find out. So a man in Florida is suing Duncan for more than $50,000 damages after claiming a toilet exploded and covered him in feces and urine, according to a lawsuit seen by Business Insider. Paul Kerak claimed that in 2022, he suffered severe and long-term injuries. After a toilet, after the toilet exploded in the men's room of a Dunkin' store in Winter Park, Florida. Is this last name Keurig? It's a K. I thought it was Keurig, like the Karak. I'm assuming I'm probably oh. butchering it. K e r o u a c. Oh, I thought it was Keurig, like the little Karak. No, little... not not Keurig. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sue Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah. So Karak said both he and the interior of the room were covered in debris. Covered? Including human feces and urine following the incident. wonder if there's any toilet paper involved there, too. <laughs> After <laughs> leaving the room, he said he tried to get help from staff at the store. This is, like, so humiliating. And was told <laughs> that they were unaware of the problem with the toilet or, no, they were aware oh. of the problem with the toilet as prior incidents with the toilet had occurred per the lawsuit. Yeah. The suit goes on to say that Karak is now in counseling and requires <laughs> mental health care due to the trauma he experienced. <laughs> it says he suffered bodily injury and psychological damages mm. resulting in pain and suffering, disability, Permanent and significant emotional injury, mental anguish, loss of the capacity for the enjoyment of life. He can't enjoy a donut anymore. This is intense. (laughs) And expensive medical care and treatment. This, I mean, they're really going in. And he's only super 50 grand? I mean, mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. 50 Um, trillion. I mean, (laughs) I'm just wondering, like, I need more details of what actually happened. Because toilets don't just explode. I've never heard of a toilet exploding without throwing explosives. A, throwing like, an M80 down. Flushing yeah, an M80. Yeah, without actual like explosives being flushed down the toilet. Unless um, unless the water just, you know, it was backed up or something. But I see, mean, the, the problem is the employee said, oh, yeah, we're aware of it. They should have said, yeah. oh, I don't know. Because if you say, you know, you're aware of it, then yeah. all right, you're on the hook. I need more details because exploding, uh, clearly it was a plumbing issue, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe the guy was really fat and it just... Well, it just broke. Collapsed. Yeah. Okay, but that's not exploding. That's, you broke the toilet. Yeah. I mean, I have had explosive diarrhea <laughs> once or twice in this my life, but this is next ridiculous. Level. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Did you have... Um, the toilet didn't have a diarrhea. Did you did you experience bodily injury, uh, disability, permanent and significant emotional injury, and the loss of the capacity for the enjoyment of life? <laughs> I mean, 
Temporarily, probably. Temporarily, yeah. It wasn't until I was relieved, if you will, that I, yeah. I recovered from that. Uh, those, 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 those different words there. <laughs> oh, man. So... Dunkin' is perhaps better known under its, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. Um, the business rebrand, yeah, we don't care about Dunkin' Donuts Rebrand. rebranding. Okay, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. Um, now it's just a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts. It, well, that uh, that's from Business Insider. Now, wasn't... Yeah, so, and they're not... Dunkin' Donuts doesn't want to comment on the issue, so... Well, well, That's all this, we got. It's funny because this this story is from Business Insider, and then last week we had a story from the Wall Street Journal talking about some hair care product, and the and the whole story was a, it turned in from you know kids getting permanence to this this hair care product. Yeah, then so it, it was, switches into like some sort of right, like you a, know, like advertisement. Right. Yeah. So you people, the people who are watching or you know Business Insider, it's like. Well, everyone's talking about Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Where you wouldn't be talking about Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, we're talking about Dunkin' I mean, Donuts. It's true. Also, I don't know who would think, like, read a story. Like, you read the first part of the article, right? And you're like, wow, the toilet exploded. What? A, that's weird. Uh, and then you're like, wow, I really, it's so cool that they rebranded their name. I love how they're <laughs> right. modern now. And I totally want to go get a coffee and a donut. So- I don't think anybody is thinking that after reading, but, but they- they're trying to to turn it into that. Right. So a lot of the if, it, if it's a if it's a uh, publicly traded company, they'll they'll put Dunkin' Donuts with a little parentheses like D D N K N forty six dollars yeah. a share or whatever. <laughs> I know. I wonder. We should look at the stock. Did yeah. it go up or down? <laughs> it blew up. It blew up. It exploded. <laughs> the stock is exploding. I uh, in a technical update. I oh, believe that we we are back. Breaking news! I believe that we are back. It appears that the web stream is online. Yeah, I believe we're streaming Odyssey uh, as and, of the commercial and Twitch as well are back online. I think Illinois.fm is online, and I've reached out to our network operations center and said, "Hey, we had a thing." But we recovered. Is everything okay? And they have not responded. Usually, uh, if something does go awry, they would probably they would call me. Reach out to us. Like yeah. I'd have you know a the, missed the flashing call on my lights phone would be going and, off. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, sorts yeah, of yeah. other yeah. things yeah. would be happening. So, so, so what Nikki was saying is like we have to come up with something, some three letter or three word catchphrase to let people know that we're back. Like and we're back, for example. Uh, it seems simple, but it might. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. might need to say it now because I think we are back. <laughs> And, and we're, we're back. back. All right. Uh, you get a <laughs> bonus exciting. bonus and we're back yes. here. Yeah. Free Talk Live Captain Sunday continues. Night. Uh that was one of the number 2 <laughs> that stories. That was one of the number yes. 2 stories. That was yeah. the the Duncan. Yep. Uh, fun fact, uh trivia for some of our listeners. Uh at some point in space and time recently within the last mm, 4 years or so, uh I did some voice work for a company that uh that I was working for or with, I guess, mm. depending on how you want to, you know, look at it. And uh, they needed somebody to voice uh, the local uh, phones for something like 75 Dunkin' Donuts locations. Really? So you're, oh. like, pretty much famous. If you were to call, and I don't know which locations, right, because I read these scripts, yeah. and it was it was the same script except for I had to change, like, the address and then, like, the directions. Yeah. Like, from the north, take blah, blah, blah to oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, and take a right at the blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they were in right. Massachusetts, because I think that's where most of them probably are. Yeah, I, I don't know. 75 but, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I mean, that's just like in one county. Right. 
He's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like saying I, I voice 75 Starbucks in the Washington State area. Yeah, that's like, like that's like a five block you mean radius. Like just downtown? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Did you do the Starbucks that's in the Starbucks? Uh, There's a little Starbucks that's within Starbucks. No, I, I did not. But uh, if you were to call one of like the local numbers uh, of some of these Starbucks, you may or may not hear the captain. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, fun fact. I may just start dialing. <laughs> dialing for dollars. <laughs> dialing for captain. Uh, <laughs> no, or dialing for donuts, I guess. Dialing for case. donuts. Uh, when we last left our heroes, we were talking about uh, the number two story. Or at least one of them. We do have more than one. Do we go for the double flush? Might as well. It's a new year. The Dunks one was a was a quickie. All right, let's go to uh, this from the criminalnewsnetwork.com, also known as CNN. <laughs> Poop-powered planes. Could jet fuel made from sewage take off? <laughs> take off. Yeah, uh-huh. note, note, note the pun. Yeah. Uh, so apparently... In the race for alternative sustainable jet fuels, some companies are getting creative. We've heard about planes powered with cooking oil, but what about jet fuel made entirely from human waste? Firefly Green Fuels, an aviation company based in Gloucestershire, UK, oh. or Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire. UK. Uck. Uck. Uck, is that, Uck. I like to pronounce it. Has created just that. And unsurprisingly, the prospect of poop-powered planes is attracting attention. Like, why wouldn't it? Wow. <laughs> While sustain... Wait a minute. Now, what if they redesigned all the seats in the plane to be toilet seats? <laughs> right? And now That's it's... That's efficient. Now it's passenger-powered. Right? That's right. efficient. And you'd probably get a free meal because they probably want you to go. And then, and then if they <laughs> install cheaper. those... Finally, some free airplane food. <laughs> and then they install those those bicycle pedals in front of you, <laughs> right? Yeah. To get a little electric, so that now, yeah, in case you need to work it up a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. And then like coffee's free, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? coffee's yeah. free. They're feeding you like prune juice beans, free. yeah, prune <laughs> juice and beans on your free in-flight yeah. meal. <laughs> Sorry, just tangent there. Oh yeah, I have an that's imagination. A, that's a business opportunity. Have you ever been? You know? Have you ever been behind a a, a car that works on diesel or, or biodiesel, like? Cooking oh, like, like yeah, the French fries. Like French fries yeah, yeah, can you imagine the airports, how they would smell if these things are burning? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. They'd be like, what smells so good? Are we at a farm? What's, what's going on? What smells Although, so efficient? There was, there was a time I took a flight, and um, we complained. And by we, I mean me and a bunch of other passengers, because it smelled like fuel. Jet fuel, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like, strongly. And like, one lady's like, I'm oh. getting a headache. Yeah. And like, I'm getting nauseous. That and jet kind of stinks. And they like let it made us sit there for like I don't know forty five minutes or something taxi you know and they're like oh no no it's fine we're blah 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 whatever and then finally they're like okay everybody get off the plane oh, we've got a fuel spill yeah <laughs> yeah now imagine if that happened with like <laughs> uh, you know oil powered yeah. and like ah oh, it smells like French fries right, right? there's no problem here right? you would what, you complain about that and when a plane is in trouble they dump fuel. So it's a oh, new, uh, new, new uh, term there to dump. Well, I don't know. Dump. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you guys heard about the Alaska Airlines flight. That was another big one in the news. The blown um, out window door. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Within the first twenty minutes after takeoff. Say what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Uh, some some off, part of the plane up? blew blew away. Was it the window or Something the door got, or something? It was like dramatic. Some yeah. got depressurized quickly. Yeah, got depressurized, yeah. blew out the window, and no one was sitting in that seat. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they would have just went right yeah. out the window. Well, the door isn't Literally. usually attached to a seat, but they do usually ask somebody to sit near the door. 
It might have been a yeah. bulkhead. I don't know. It looked like it was kind of in the middle of the. That's like the emergency maybe it was door, emergency row. right? So, and then yeah. they're always like, "Okay, if you're disabled, you can't sit here. Right, so you right. need to help other passengers. Right. You know, right. it has to be someone able and willing." Yeah. Right. To I sit got in those sat seats. in one of these, and they're like, "Are you capable of lifting this lever, sir?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah. no problem." Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, do I, I get more fine. leg room? Yeah, I yeah. can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, uh, we've heard about planes powered with cooking oil, but what about jet fuel made entirely from human waste? Well. Uh, SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuel, is not new. The idea of using sewage, an abundant and unavoidable waste, is a novelty. So could it really be the future of air travel? Commercial aviation procedures, I'm sorry, produces about 2.5% of global carbon emissions contributing to climate change. Yeah, that's a lie. I've heard of a... um I follow a lot of like off-grid homesteader type people, like alternative building and stuff like that. And um, one of these folks had a some sort of like heater, like a heating device for their house yeah. that was powered. I believe it was by compost. Yeah. Um, but you could also like pow- like power the heat with human waste because it builds a lot of heat, the methane gases and stuff yeah. like that. So they were essentially heating their house with the whatever waste. That's yeah, awesome. with whatever waste they I've, had. I've told the tale about how to turn your compost pile into uh, uh what do you call it? underfloor heating so oh. the the underfloor it's this mesh of tubes that fills with water yeah. that's heated somewhere yeah yeah right? it's just like radiant heating for yeah, your floor that, yeah that's, that's all it is except yeah. for in the uh off-grid free heat application uh what you do is you put a a coil of copper underneath mm. your compost pile and you put up just a little solar panel, uh, one of these cheapies you get on Amazon. It's got the little mm. battery in it, yeah. so like when it's night, it still works. Yeah, right. And it charges during the day. You maybe got to change the battery every ten years or something yeah. like that. But what that it does just runs the pump. All it does is it runs the pump, and so the water uh, you got to fill the system with water, yeah. and then just turn the pump on, right? And then now this water is circulating through the the copper coil underneath the compost, which we all know. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now you're doing radiant floor heating. That's fancy. For free. That's fancy. For no cost. I'm going to try that. I think we talked about that a while. Yeah. I got to try it, but you need a lot. It's not like uh, just your average garden compost. No, yeah, you, you need a lot. Wood chips and you well, know, and that's why a lot of people and, were using human waste. I think yeah. because well, when you're like fully off grid, you can't just flush yeah, your no, toilet. In, it doesn't in, just go into in the septic this system. Example, they were using uh, a compost toilet. Yeah, so their toilets oh, okay. in the house specifically were yeah. compost, and then all of their food waste would also go into the compost yeah. right. pile. Yeah. Right, so it was it was humming. Well, the, the, the food waste time. is going into the pile one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, sure. Right. Yeah. Whether it's filtered yeah. through you or not, whether it's eggshells or you know. Uh, so efforts to reduce the sector's impact are underway with the development of electric and hydrogen-powered planes, but the technology is still a long way off powering long-haul passenger flights instead. The industry is looking to use SAF with the International Air Transport Association, estimating that it could contribute up to 65% in the reduction of emissions needed for blah, blah, blah. Okay. The of the ice age. SAF burns like normal jet fuel and produces the same amount of emissions while a plane is flying, but it has a lower carbon footprint during its entire production cycle because it's usually made from plants that have absorbed carbon dioxide from the atmosphere when they were alive, like all plants do. (laughs) Or in the case of sewage, it's made from plants and other food that have been eaten by humans and passed through the digestive system. 
that absorbs CO2 is released back into the atmosphere when the SAF burns, whereas burning jet fuel, fuel made from fossil fuels emits carbon that has been locked away. It just sounds like a okay. money-making scheme. Yeah. I, I think I'm done reading this article. <laughs> just Well, no, wait, here we go. Where's the piece de resistance? Processing the poo. To turn human waste into usable fuel, Firefly uses a method called hydrothermal liquefaction. Uh, sorry, liquefaction is this Ooh. word, yeah. mm. which is good for wet waste. Yeah. By combining high pressure and heat, it converts the sewage into carbon-rich biochar. <gasps> like diamonds. Uh, so how are they? So how are they powering the uh, the high heat? What are they using for the high heat? Yeah, I don't know, but they combine Car- high fuels. pressure. Probably fossil fuels. <laughs> They combine high pressure and heat. Uh, it converts the sewage into carbon-rich biochar, a powder that can be used as a crop fertilizer and crude oil. So uh-huh. far, production has been on a very small scale in laboratories, but the early results have been promising with independent analysis by researchers and universities in EU and U.S. finding it almost identical to standard fossil jet fuel. According to a life cycle analysis carried out by Cranfield University in the U.K., it also has a 90% lower carbon footprint uh, than standard jet fuel. Okay. Well, that's fine. Cool. So, yeah. Some guys uh, really crushing it. <laughs> yeah. Some guys hey. got to go public. Uh, right. Uh, you know, can't all go to waste. Or can Ooh. it? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cans. Um, I mean, I'm down for it. I, I like real recycling. Um, and, and by that, I mean, I don't believe that... All of the the cans that were recycling through the town recycling center is actually getting recycled. I think they're actually just getting thrown away. Oh, if, you're, wow. if, you're uh, getting this... rid, if you're getting rid of your cans, let me know because I'll take them to Connecticut for ten cents each. All right. All what right. would make you think that, Nikki? <laughs> because I remember seeing them throw it in the trash. Yeah, I'm, I'm being facetious. It's just course. yeah. <laughs> I remember. So I used to be uh, a really. I, I'm still a hippie. I'm still pretty crunchy, but. Uh, but I was really into like the green movement. Like I, I was like super into solar and I, this was before I knew the truth about all of this stuff. Um, I still promote sustainability, but just in different ways, more practical ways, sure. whatever. Hmm. Um, so I remember when I was in college, I'm like super huge into recycling. I'm wearing recycling shirts, telling everybody to recycle. Like I was like super into it. Right. Yep. Uh, and then I remember seeing the janitor throw the recycling into the trash. <laughs> Just, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Right, yeah. You're like, what, like, what the this heck, is, buddy? This is, this is my whole personality, and I just put a water bottle in the recycling. What are you doing? Uh, and he was like, oh, I hate to break it to you, but like, we don't actually recycle. Yeah, it all goes the and same And I'm like, spot. well, then why do you have the two separate trash cans? Right. And he's like, oh, it's just like the state. Yeah, psychological <laughs> they training. Make, they just make us do that. Right. It's for show. Yeah. Yeah. So... When I uh, was in the Seattle area, um, living in the city proper. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, I, I actually had an apartment, you know, like pretty much in downtown, you know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite near all the tall buildings, but like I was in walking yep. distance from the in tall buildings. In the city. And uh, they would bring, I mean, I don't even know, like five different containers, right? One is for like, well, your compost, right? Your food scraps. You know, food scraps specifically. One is for like cans. Yeah. The other one's for glass. Cardboard. Yep. Right. One's for like. Yep, they have the different numbers, right? Yep. Yeah. And I don't even remember what they were all for, really, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't until like 
you know, oh, I know it's trash day. What do I do with all this crap? Oh, look, I got to do the thing over here, over there, whatever. It got to a point where <laughs> I didn't even have like a trash can in my kitchen, right? Because these these bins were just outside my front door. Right, so if I need to throw something away, I just open the door and chuck yeah. it into the appropriate right. bin. And you're doing and, uh, all the separating work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're doing the work. They're right. taking the profits. Right. Now, Do you the- get a tax break for that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> tax break? What's that? No, nor did the landlord whom I was renting from. You know, that kind of thing. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number if you'd like to try and join us here tonight. We've got a whole nother segment to go coming up. What the heck is slap therapy? It's Free Talk Live. We need a catchphrase to let everyone know that Tell uh, all your friends. 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to try and join us tonight. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. Before we go on with the show, I need to say thank you to Dale Chapman, who is a uh, gold-level amplifier. Oh, thanks, Dale. I love gold. That means uh, Dale Chapman gives uh, 10 bucks a month to help advertise, market, promote, and support. In other words, he's a member of the AMPS program, which, of course, stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. At least he doesn't go and spend that money at Duncan. <laughs> Be potentially blown up in the bathroom. <laughs> it's a better investment. Yes, yes, wise words there, Mr. Classic. Um, Dale uh, believes that this show is, well, entertaining. He likes the idea of spreading the message of freedom. He thinks that uh, having a radio show that does that, that gives people the perspective of liberty, peace, prosperity, is the best use of his liberty dollar. And so he contributes to the AMPS program over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It's kind of a Patreon type of a setup. There's different levels and perks. You get little little benefits, little things the more you contribute, that kind of thing. But that's not why you should contribute. You should contribute because you want to help get this radio program onto more radio stations. We're on 180, maybe 200 stations right now. We could be on 250, 300, 350, not out of the question. It's all up to you. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Dale Chapman. We appreciate you and your support. All right. So, uh, I have not read this article, but I already have comments on it. <laughs> Those are the best kind. This is from theargus.co.uk. Look. Man pleads guilty after lose woman dies at slap therapy workshop. Yikes. Okay, now. That was a heck of a slap. Now, I, uh, I subscribe to the non-aggression principle. Yep. And that is to say that uh, I don't believe in initiating... Violence. Endless. That, that doesn't. That. that doesn't mean that I haven't 
you know, come upon some MFers that have <laughs> desperately <laughs> needed to be slapped. <laughs> right? Uh, we've all we've all known these types of people. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that you should, you know, haul off and slap people. I'm just saying that, like, sometimes there's some people sometimes on planet Earth that you're slapped, just like, man, yeah. that guy needs to be slapped. Yep. You hit uh, the reset button on him. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like the TV. Yeah. So, so I'm curious as to what... What happened at the slap therapy workshop? Well, it reminds me of, um, what is that? The, the shock therapy mm. that they use for yeah, like yeah. depression. Yeah. They still do that. Really? Current, like present day, they still do. Previously, they would do stuff like that for like gay people. And it was more like, oh, that's, mm. you know. We're, like, um, yeah, not I thought really they have goats walking great. out people now, don't they? Yeah, the goat yoga. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's different. <laughs> like Bruce Lee would shock himself while working out in an effort to, you know, train better and build his muscle mass wow. or something. I don't you really. Know, he he thought that it gave him yeah like the some sort of a competitive edge to train that way, like uh, electrocuting your neurons or something. I know when yeah. when I went to a chiropractor once, they put these little electrodes on your back, mm-hmm. like makes your muscles move. It actually felt oh, yeah. pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure that was electrodes I mean, and not like little feet or something? Well, it could have been. It could have been that goat. It could have been the goat yeah. that was on my back. I didn't even know it. I mean, it depends on how much electrical current right. is going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that goes anywhere deadly. from like, oh, that feels kind of good to because they do have the tens units. Um, I forget what it stands for, but I have one, and it's really good if you're having back pain, yeah. and it just kind of like oh. little like zaps you. That's what the chiropractor but it probably feel, used. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like zapping. It just feel it makes vibration. Um, or... Yeah, it's like vibration or something. So it you know goes from there all the way into deadly. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this one. A man has pleaded not guilty to the manslaughter of a woman who died at a slapping therapy workshop. There's just got to be more than this, right? Yeah. Like, in my Slap- mind, I'm like, he, he slapped her, and then she died? Like, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. Uh, Danielle Cargom, 71, from Lewes, L-E-W-E-S, that's a place, died at Cleve House in Wiltshire, where she was taking part in the alternative therapy workshop. The workshop involves pyelogen therapy, where patients are slapped or slap themselves repeatedly. <laughs> Sounds like it sucks. Sounds like the tapping solution, but Dude, really I, gone awry. I remember yeah. I remember not yeah. only having this done to me, but also doing it to other kids on the school bus. Slapping people? Yeah. yeah you like grab the kids' <laughs> arm. Five star like, or whatever. You make them slap themselves. Oh, like, yeah. why are you slapping yourself? Huh? Stop why are you slapping hitting yourself? yourself. Stop hitting yourself. What are you doing? I don't understand. Yeah. Hong Chi Zhao of Cloud Break in California entered a not guilty plea to the manslaughter by gross negligence charge during a hearing. Uh, in wherever this court was, after a woman's death on October 20th in 2016. A 60-year-old was charged in November, having been extradited to the UK from Australia. Wow. What? Mrs. Cargom from Lewes, East Sussex, was previously said by her family to have embraced alternative and holistic medicine and therapies to help her type 1 diabetes. Was this supposed to help? She's trying to slap the donut out of her hand or something? Like, <laughs> that'll stop you from diabetes. Slapping that Starbucks coffee. Slap the Stanley Cup out of your hand? Yeah. <laughs> she was born in France, moved to the UK, age 21, where she was diagnosed with diabetes in 1999. I've got diabetes. That's right. I, I went with the, the Wilford Brimley pronunciation. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. In 1999, struggled to inject insulin due to fear of needles. 
Zhao, who ran the workshop, is alleged to have unlawfully killed Mrs. Cargom while delivering a Pida Lijin workshop. The charge said he owed a duty of care and in particular to take responsible steps to ensure that urgent medical assistance was sought. She stopped taking insulin during the program and suffered... So that's probably why she died. ...ketoacidosis. Yeah. severe lack of insulin in the body, hmm. which okay. means that it cannot use sugar for energy and starts to use fat yeah. instead. Yeah. So um, I do... Okay, if she died because she's an insulin-dependent diabetic, which mm-hmm. type 1, different than type 2, mm-hmm. where lifestyle changes and diet do not, like, your your pancreas doesn't work. It doesn't produce insulin. You're insulin-dependent. Um, if she stopped taking it to do the workshop, I don't think this guy's liable because that was her own decision. Like, you, she knows that she's dependent on insulin. I know she has a fear of needles or whatever, um, but if your pancreas isn't producing insulin, like you're going to die without it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're afraid of needles or not, like you're still going to die. Mm. Um, so mm. I don't think any alternative, I mean, me, I, and I'm very open to like alternative therapies. I'm very holistic. I'm very like anti big pharma. Yeah. Um, so if there was a way around type one diabetes, I think that'd be really cool. And I do think people should explore it if they want to. But um, maybe he maybe was, he might have been slapping her like take your insulin. <laughs> take What's it. wrong with you? Slap. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's just really interesting. I've never heard of anything like this. Yeah, me neither. Uh, defense lawyer Jessica Clark told the court the deceased was an avid follower and ran her own courses of the practice. So, so what she, is the practice? Like, I'm still not understanding. Her son. Uh, yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, and okay. hopefully they will. Uh, her son, Matthew, who lives in New Zealand, said she was always keen to try and find alternative methods of treating and dealing with her diabetes and was very interested in alternative and holistic medicine and therapies. I know she was desperate to try and cure herself of this disease. She always maintained a healthy lifestyle and was adamant that nothing would stop her from living a full life. In recent years, mom was in a great place with a partner, lovely home, and was traveling the world. She had a lot left in her. Judge Timothy Mousley adjourned the case for a four-week trial to start on June 26th with a further case management hearing to be held on February 8th. He will remain in custody until this date. What? Really? So I guess we have to look up what this... Um, slap, slap therapy? Pida Lysian therapy is because they don't tell us. Yeah, uh, like outside that, of the headline, they I'd just say... I'd love to know. It's they, clickbait probably for an advertisement. Yeah, for some yeah, insulin, right? for some insulin drug from some big yeah. pharmaceutical company. Pytelijin <laughs> is one of uh, oh, so, oh, pages loading. Pytelijin is one of the self help self healing therapies. Pyta, patting and slapping body areas. Oh, and lijin stretching tendons. Okay, these movements can self heal the pain by activating innate self healing powers. It cleans 14 meridians from all directions through this self-healing power, cool. activating right. our body. During the process of pytelijin, one feels hot, cold, sore, numb, itchy, painful, and swelling, etc. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that sounds interesting. It sounds kind of like um, similar to like acupressure or acupuncture. 
like kind of like working with the meridians of the body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So un- unlike stimulating the, those unlike points. the vision in my head where like the the instructor like students step up slap. and they're like yeah <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. just you know a big slap upside the head or whatever yeah like next student please right so it's more um, like Steve mentions tapping tapping it's more like yeah. the tapping meridian tapping yeah. yeah more like tapping it'd be um, almost akin to acupressure yeah that's what, rather yeah. than acupuncture yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. but she well, can't slap her pancreas to make I I, I think what it is is you're trying to clear the energetic pathways in the body to heal yourself of anything. So it's like the body is an amazing healer. Like it will heal itself Um, if given the uh, appropriate conditions to do so. Yeah. Right. And so one of those conditions could be the slapping. Sometimes is ridding yourself or getting off any medications that you're on. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so that sounds like what happened here. Like yeah. it was her decision to go, hey, you know what? I do want to activate my body's healing properties through this particular form of holistic therapy. Yeah. And I'm choosing to get off my meds yeah. doing so. And now they're suing the guy. Well, I think there's probably more to this story also because if he were to promise, because that's a big thing with the state, right? Even when um, like people have supplements or medications, yeah, you have to be really careful with what you're promising because I could be like, yeah, yoga's great. It'll right. cure your diabetes. But if the- I promise, then it gets dicey because they're like, oh, well, you said that if she does the slap therapy, that she will cure her diabetes and she won't have to take insulin anymore. Um, but now her insulin is 600 and she's dead. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, it, if he were to promise, like make any medical claims, if this is the UK. I, if it's anything like the US, like that's a huge thing here where practitioners have to be, especially alternative health practitioners, have to be very, very careful with the medical claims they make and what they're promising. Yeah. Um, because they can come after you. So right. that's more likely what's happening in this case. Um, he might have just advertised in the wrong way or promised the wrong thing. I was really hoping no this was going to be more of like a like an intervention thing where like you yeah. and your friends get together because one of one of your your bros or whatever is being a real a hole. Yeah. And so you you know you contact Doctor So and So. You know, and you're like, hey, Doc, you know, Billy over here is being an a-hole. And like, oh, well, how many people think he's an a-hole? Like, well, seven of them. Okay, great. Time for an intervention. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, you you get together in a living room or whatever. And like, hey, uh, Bill, you've been an a-hole to these seven of your friends. They'll get to slap you one time. Okay. And if he agrees, then you get to slap the guy. Like, that's what I was hoping so, this yeah. would be. Not intended no. to diagnose, treat, or cure any, prevent any disease. Yeah, I'm I'm not a physician. This is not medical advice. Yeah, right. <laughs> past, <laughs> past performance is not indicative of future uh, results. Obviously, probably not your friend either, yeah. because, like, that's also bad friend advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, I have this other story because, well... It's Captain related. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our Captain story tonight. Captain America arrested at U.S. military <gasps> base. No, Jeez. not Captain America. Who, by the way, if you actually pay attention to his uniform. Um, Puerto Rico. It's, it's one star. <laughs> and so it's really Texas. Captain Puerto Rico. <laughs> Captain Puerto Rico. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they have a picture here of somebody in a Captain America suit with the Captain America shield and he's you know, holding up the right arm, you know, sort of a fist kind yeah, of thing. doing his Captain America thing. It says, the armed suspect claimed he had top secret information for a general at the Air Force facility. 
You'll maybe never, he did. Maybe he did. You'll, you'll never guess where this story comes from. Uh, Florida. A Florida man <laughs> has been arrested uh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> for trying to enter a military base while armed and identifying himself as Captain America. That's pretty great. So either this guy's Captain America and he had military secrets or he's crazy. Uh, or both. Yeah. I mean, if Captain Kickass was there armed with secret data, yeah, they may they I, may say, come on with us. Okay, look, I, I might be a lot of things, but I'm not going to show up at a military base armed. <laughs> armed. Right. Yeah. And be like, hey, I got some data for you. <laughs> right, so oh, these are things. Well, that, you're not a Florida man either. So. I, this yeah. is true. Yeah. Not, I did live there for a minute, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I'm, I may have been infected by the, the, <laughs> the Florida man, you know, thing, whatever that is. Uh, the man who claimed he had top secret information was in an extreme state of paranoia and psychosis, the complaint alleged. Uh, Baruch Roach II drove to the front gate of McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida in early November, telling security personnel that there, uh, that he was Captain America. And that he was an active member of the United States Southern Command, SOCOM, according oh. to the complaint. Cool. Roach insisted that he had a meeting with a SOCOM general to provide top secret information. The file continued. Denied access to the facility, Roach became argumentative and threatened to come back every day and look for the officers denying him entry, the document stated. Air Force personnel placed Roche in handcuffs and discovered an AR-15 style rifle and approximately 125 rounds of ammunition in the trunk of his car, as well as military identification card naming him as a retired Air Force veteran. I wow. Wonder, I wonder, so... Okay. Maybe he was Captain America. Like, I wonder what year was stamped on the card, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we all know the Captain America story, right? That he was yeah, the World 40s, War II yeah. and whatever. And then, like, you know, he went to sleep for a while. And then he woke yeah. up and now he's back. Yeah, he's ba- and, and he's back. And he's back. Yeah. Yeah. And he's back. Due to his extreme state of paranoia and psychosis, Roche was involuntarily hospitalized. <laughs> given, I feel like that also drugs. happened in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it did, too. I wonder if he got slap therapy. <laughs> From, from the military guards. <laughs> yeah. They probably gave him a little bit. Like, yeah, we're just going to experiment on you. Yeah. Wait, wait. Slapped in America? <laughs> slapped. <laughs> slapped in Captain. Oh, man. Roche is charged with one count of attempting to bring a firearm into a federal facility and faces up to a year in prison if convicted. State also seized his weapon and ammunition. Okay. Now, I, I do have a problem with this. Yeah. Right. Because it's a federal facility that's already filled with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they, they must have liked his. So they were like, oh, you know, we no. can use some more ammo. Oh, we don't have one of these. Yeah, I want that one. <laughs> oh, look, it's red, white, and blue. Look, he's trying to take over a military it. base with one gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> and a shield. <laughs> uh, Roche's encounter at MacDill Air Force Base took place less than two weeks after Joint Base McGuire Dick's Lakehurst. Could you just... Oh, God, you what? people in government don't know how to name a damn thing. Oh, can you repeat that name again? Lake. Yeah. I don't know Dick, if I can, actually. Lake Dick Hurts? Roche's encounter at MacDill Air Force Base took place less than two weeks after Joint Base McGuire Dick's Lakehurst in New Jersey <laughs> was placed on lockdown amid reports of an active shooter. Jeez. Oh, okay, I have a problem with that phrase, too. Active shooter? Yeah. Is Like, does anybody go, passive shooter <laughs> alert? <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. What, what's a passive a passive shooter? shooter. Right, right, or just a shooter. Yeah, shouldn't it just be shooter? shooter. Like, like, what? 
Like, well, it's present tense versus they, past tense. Are they doing arson crafts? No, that would be an activity shooter. <laughs> activity shooter. Sorry, my bad. Uh, several U.S. military bases have been targeted by mass shooters in recent years. But none, have. none dressed as Captain America, though. Yeah, and like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the people who have targeted these bases are either current or former military or they're Yeah, they're on the base. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. Uh, with a Saudi aviation student killing three people and injuring eight others at a Florida naval facility in 2019, and a military veteran threatening to shoot up a base before he killed 18 people at a bar and a bowling alley in Maine in October. And what's crazy about these military bases, no one is armed on the base. They, like no one has a sidearm on them. I think they have to l- check them in and check them out as needed. What kind of? Re- I mean, that seems dumb. The, I remember You're that a military two, that, two, that 2019 where someone took over. He started shooting. No one had sidearms on them. Every episode of A Team that I saw in 1980 or whatever it aired, <laughs> <laughs> like when they tried to break into a military base, the guards were always armed. I'm sure the people at the front are, but as you get into the facility... You're telling me the, the A-team lied to me? Um, they might have taken, you know, a little bit of liberty Hannibal, to, B.A., yeah. Face. Face. The whole crew? Yeah. Who else was on the crew? Oh, Howling Mad Murdoch? <laughs> right, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> B.A. Barakas. Oh, and they had some chick chick reporter, too, that they'd team up with on occasion. I think they're, they're um, re-releasing that van. <laughs> that was the best thing about the, like the, the 2024 a team van yeah it might have just been a meme <laughs> you've never seen the a team have you? i have seen the a team who's your favorite i used character? to watch it um before no it used to be on after knight rider and knight rider Ooh. when i was a little kid was like my favorite show because they would just do the reruns michael yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was good. uh do you love it when a plan comes together for what? Well, so that was Hannibal Smith's. Oh. Uh, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. yeah, I love it when a plan comes together. That was his his thing. He'd say it with a cigar in his mouth at the end of yeah. the episode. Usually, yeah, it's kind of like the end of every South Park. Like, you know, I learned something today. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah, it, the A Team was really weird, man. I'm just going off on a tangent here. Um, <laughs> I have never seen anyone waste so much ammunition <laughs> and hit not a damn thing. Oh, like, you've never literally. seen Star Wars. No, worse than that. <laughs> worse than Star Wars. I mean, at least in Star Wars, it's just the stormtroopers who are yeah. the bad shots, right? Yeah. Everybody else is like pretty average, I guess. Yeah. You know, when it comes to taking yeah, their Han shot Yeah, Han Solo can, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hold his own. But like the A-team, man, they would gear up with so many weapons and different turrets sticking out of like these, you know, MacGyvered armored cars they'd build in a garage while mm-hmm. surrounded by the military <laughs> or whatever, right? And they'd come out firing at everything and like... Cars would explode and you know get riddled with bullets and like, but nobody ever died. They never hit any people. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I never thought about that. Selective targeting, totally unrealistic. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Night Rider. What else was that? Oh, uh, uh, I thought about this one the other day. Dana Carvey was in this. Blue Thunder. I've not seen that. Never this saw. Is, uh, that. This is one of those like fancy. Uh, it was after uh, Airwolf. Okay, right? I do remember Airwolf. Yeah. Airwolf was sort yep. of about this like helicopter that was heavily armed yeah. and like it was yes. a secret program kind of a thing. <laughs> Blue Thunder was like uh, it was a movie, and then they turned it into a series, and uh, it was a military style helicopter allocated to the police. 
right? And so it was this like, I don't, there was a name for it in Blackhawk, Nighthawk, I don't know what, it was, some kind of a military helicopter. And, you know, it was a bad machine, you know? Uh, so they made a, a series a, a, about it and it was just as lame as all nowhere. these other series yeah. that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. I think it was one season and done. Mm. Yeah. Although I was uh, looking through, um, I think the number of episodes in like Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We're talking like thirty episodes in a season. Really? Yeah. Mm. Which is usually thirteen to a season. Or yeah, like twelve, thirteen. Thirteen yeah. to a season. I mean, now like I've seen things where like eight. 10. Yeah, right, yeah, like the right. Netflix specials and yeah. stuff yeah. will have a lot six. less. Like, what? Yeah, 30 seem- episodes for a season is, that's a lot. Like, But that's how it used to be. Seasons yeah. used to be a lot longer than they are these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? When it comes to, like, your television shows or, or what have you. Yeah. But, and when you also think about it, a TV show would be 30 minutes, right? And then all the commercial breaks. It's 22 so minutes. So you're really only getting, yeah, like 22 minutes of actual footage Whereas a lot of these TV shows, I remember we were watching some uh, Netflix show. It's an and hour it's like, long, right? Yeah. Well, th- some of them are longer than that. It's in all the episodes. They have the liberty to have it be different lengths. Like I, we were watching one of the last episodes of Outlander. And I'm like, I'm tired. Like this is going on for a long time. It was like a two hour long episode. I'm like, that's like a movie. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to so, see if I can find... Right, so they don't have to put the commercials in. So basically, one yeah. show <clears throat> would be three shows for network TV. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So Season 1, 19 episodes. Season 2, 26. Season 3, 26. Season 4, 25. Wow. Season 5, 26. Season 6, 26. Season 7, 25. Not including any of the specials or two-parters and that kind of thing. We are out of time. Thank you, Nikki, for joining me. Thank you, thank Steve you. Classic. Uh, thank you. Thank you to all of our callers and, of course, you, the listeners. We appreciate you. If you missed any part of tonight's program, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact porcupinerealestate.com.